cheers to episode 42. I wasn't prepared. Cheers. I don't have anything to cheers. That's yeah. unbelievable. I got some tea. I, I guess just water. You know, recovering from this weekend. Uh, just a side note, um, for future reference, my father, big fan of the show, says we need to start drinking during the show because we're a lot more entertaining when we do. <sighs> so, that's just his two cents. I don't disagree. I think the move to Sunday night really hurts. It hurts to just like <laughs> drink hurt. at Sunday night. I just feel like a degenerate. Yeah, it's weird. Tonight, but as noted, tonight is Sunday, October 17th, 2021. And hmm. I'm not sure if Michigan Michigan State will ever lose a football game, and I'm not sure if the Lions will win a football game. Well, interesting take. Yeah, I know. I mean, I didn't really write it down, but that's what it feels like right now. It feels like whatever happens between the college teams, they just seem to win games, and the Lions just seem to lose games. The Lions are good at losing. And I, that, this is the second to last week I can say that because obviously Michigan or Michigan State will lose on the 30th because I don't think you can tie in college football. No, I don't think you can. Can you? No. I've never seen it. No, happen. I don't think so. Like, you just have to go, like, 20 OTs until someone quit. Yeah, I don't think 22-point conversions. You know how electric that is? I mean, <laughs> I, theoretically, there's probably a point where you would tie. If it goes over, like, 24 hours of football, <laughs> Could you it's going to have to be a tie. Your eyes are just bleeding. <laughs> like, I don't even want to win anymore. It would be interesting. Austin to be there, I don't Actually, it would probably suck after, like, You'd probably get to the point where you're just expecting the game never to end, so it'd be like everyone would just leave. <laughs> Hypothetically, if this was the 30th, I think I'd down like six melting moments throughout the course yeah, of Yeah, they'd sell out of everything in the stadium if it had that lasted that long. <laughs> um, all right, besides the football, which we will inevitably get into, how was everyone's week, weekdays, and also weekend? Evan, you go first. This time. Well, actually, well, you, no, you, have, you have a more interesting weekend, right? Um, probably. Depends on who you ask. All right, it's my week. True. I did something during the week. I saw No Time to Die, but we will talk about that. Big development for Alex. The week is not boring. So I did something during the week. That was a big step. And this weekend, I, um, both days, Saturday and today, Sunday, I did what was called an Apple Fest, basically like a family tradition of McKenzie. And they basically, they have this little apple thing. You pop the apples in and you crank it and it makes apple cider. So did like, I don't know, eight to 10 bushels of apples. Oh, I like that word. Say that again. Bushels. Bushels. And then also. Sounds sexual. We boiled apples and then turned the boiled apples into applesauce. Oh, so brought back some homemade applesauce and apple cider. Thank you. I'm going to uh, enjoy that. Warning, apple cider <laughs> not pasteurized, meaning you might bleep your pants, as in poop, poop. your pants, over and over and dookie. over again. Just straight dookie. So wait, so explain to Grant. Pasteurized? Pasteurized just means it's just like raw and fresh. Oh. Um, I think to like sell it in stores it has to be pasteurized and you just boil it to a certain temperature and then you can call it so this is like basically boil out the bad stuff this is like the bad boy apple cider sure the not safe for work i think catholic orchards (laughs) uh sells non-pasteurized as well 
Interesting. Yeah, I think they, I saw. So you had a you like the phrase apple picking weekend. You had a legitimate. I did all. Legitimate. I don't want to see an apple for a while. <laughs> I'm good with apples. Well, I'll, I'm looking forward to a pumpkin fest recap. When's that? I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> Turkey fest recap. Yeah, so that's it. That's all I did. And then I'm just getting here, and I didn't see a lick of the Lions game. Yeah, you didn't miss much. I I know. Um. I'll hop in then because Evan has a highly anticipated review, it sounds like. I don't think. We're overhyping Evan. <laughs> <laughs> well, what he's allowed to share. He did have a cool True. weekend. Um, some stuff. I saw No Time to Die as well. Was that? We went together. Spoiler. It we went Wednesday. to the movie together. It was Wednesday. Um, I hadn't been to, I did the math, I hadn't been to a movie in the theaters since, which is, I don't know why I caveated like that. Of course you see movies in the theaters, Grant, you dummy. I haven't gone to the movies since 2017. I saw Pitch Perfect 3 with my mom and my sister. You should have saw the concerns Grant had about... And the amount of questions he asked me about going to the movies. He's like, do people just, like, have conversations during the movie? Like, no. That's not how the movies... Well, sometimes... Some people do. It depends on who you go with. If you go with two of our friends, they're going to sit there and have a conversation throughout the movie. Which are? Exposed. Uh... I'm not name dropping them, but like they, they will casually talk to each other and make off the record. The movie. Oh wait, I do have to say one. So we're back on the record. One thing that did happen this week before we get into the review, I just want to mention because Grant said we went to the movies. Um, there was no one in the theater, and two people, three people, like a mom, dad, and kid, sat right next to me. Right next to me. No one in the whole entire movie theater, and they sat right next to me. It was unbelievable and super annoying. Hey. But continue. That could have been on me because I was thinking back on how that happened. I may have bought two tickets that had like three X's next to them on the site. That could have been on me. Regardless, but, I went to the bathroom and then I moved seats right. and sat somewhere else because it was dumb. So it was a really nice theater. I mean, I've been to it imagine before, but it was nice. Um, what was really most fascinating about it is that bought the tickets online and you didn't have to show them to anybody. Which I told Grant is standard procedure. So I'm guessing that what they must do is just have either someone in the film room or someone just look out at the theater and count the heads and make sure like the amount of people that bought tickets online matches how many people are in this theater. Because other than that, what is like checking to see if you could just who's stopping you from going for free is my question. No one. I don't think anyone. You don't think they check? I don't think they checked when we were there. The seven people in the movie theater. Hmm. I feel like they have to. It's That's weird. Way too it much is trust. weird. It's just like the honor system for the movies. That doesn't exist. It did. It does actually. When you mobile order to a certain Starbucks, they just leave all your drinks on a counter. It's a free for all, so you could just steal coffee if you wanted to. <laughs> I know that uh, someone told me when they were in college. Won't say their name. Them and their friends, they'd just go to Taco Bell late at night. And they would put the orders and they would just go grab them and just get as much Taco Bell as possible for free. They just send a different person in, go grab the order and leave. Wow. Stunning. That is never paid a dollar. That is bad, bad karma. Super bad. Bad. (laughs) Um, So that was lovely. Popcorn was good. Uh, It was actually stunning how big the sizes were. I mentioned to Alex I was thinking about ordering a large before we got there, and he laughed at me, and I was like, why? And then I looked at it, I was like, oh. So I ended up getting a small, because a small in my head is what a large would be. 
They're and huge. Some classic peanut M&Ms and some mellow yellow because I really wanted Mountain Dew, but they didn't have Pepsi products. So that was fantastic. Um, other than that, nothing crazy this week. Enjoyed football. Even well, the fridge. Oh, great call, Alex. So, the nasty fridge. So a, a disgusting experience in our apartment was that there was a bad power outage probably towards the end of August, start of September, I went on ballpark, where the power was out for legitimately four to five days. And I would assign 50-50 blame to us for not just fully clearing everything out of the fridge immediately. Because just basically just left everything in there. Right. And I think we left that weekend. Yeah, so, we were gone. And just... I think in our heads, we're like, oh, the power will come back on within like 24 hours so we can leave the stuff in. And then we left and it never came back on and got back and realized it was still off. No problems. So I guess beneath the surface of the fridge, something was lurking. A dark, dirty monster was lurking beneath the fridge and uh, in the drip pan of a fridge. So to be honest, I don't think I'd ever ran into problems with our drip pan growing up with my parents. So I didn't even know like what it was. I didn't know what a drip pan was. Either. So did some research. It's just this plastic container that kind of catches liquid, usually like actual just water that like condensates down. Um, but obviously gross things from expired food and like powerless food will drip into it. And so I would say about, I don't know, over the last weekend, so seven days ago, I just kind of felt this smell like brewing underneath. Well, in the kitchen. And then I figured it out eventually it was underneath the fridge of like, a litter box in like just gross underwear and like feet would be like the combo. If you just mushed those and some fish and some fish. Yeah. Some salmon in there. If you munched all that together, that's what it was. And finally figured it out and it was like, okay, um, that's where it's coming from. Was trying to access the pan from the front of the fridge, which, um, would not like slide out. So that was bad. And then eventually was able to move the fridge out which was a task in itself because it's like in a little cubby and got it out, uh, turned it around so I could access it from the back and then like was like, it won't come out. So I quit Google like, okay, do drip pans, like do all of them remove? No, it turns out they don't all, all remove. Like some brands just basically put them in there. So like they make their, you can't take them out. I don't know. Maybe they just don't trust the common folk. So I basically had to shove my hand through like a crack that wasn't that long, uh, to take like i'd use like napkins i used paper towels i used like a sponge a bunch of things went through like half a rack of like napkins and almost a whole thing of paper towels just swiping at this drip pan as far as i could go like elbow deep and just kept pulling out this like black and brown gunky stuff it was just caking caking this um but i think the problem is pretty much solved i think Things are good. We'll see how it progresses. If more stuff drips, learn a good lesson to always take things out of the fridge, no matter how short the power outage is. And then took a fantastic shower after that, as you can imagine. It was one of the better showers I've ever taken. Just really cleansed myself of everything I just witnessed um, on Saturday morning. So, yeah, that was pretty much it other than watching football, which was a pretty boring weekend overall, I'd say. And then we'll get to the movie later, but now to Evan. Um, give me those the details. Uh, well, let's start earlier yeah. in the week, Wednesday night, primetime football, nine o'clock, had our last regular season IM game. Um, wait, pause, Evan. <sighs> My dad also mentioned this weekend he really loves your flag football recaps. Thinks they're hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, good to no hear. He feels, he feels bad just as bad. Um, he shouldn't feel bad. Our team stinks. Um, 
we took another L, 0 and 4 on the regular season. We're going to be playing. Uh, this hurts my win loss record, like my win percentage in IM football was through the roofs. Also, before for, this, um, on our IM website, it shows like each player and like their all time record. Oh, in no. IM sports. So is Evan, it, Evan's record is taking a beating. Is Evan a system, <laughs> is Evan a system flag football player in my column? Uh, I, I'll just tell you right now, I excel when I have better athletes around me. That's 100% fact. When I know that I have players to my left and right that know how to play defense, I think the team is, just, is better. Um, <laughs> yeah, I took an L Wednesday night. It was a tough scene. No triple yeah. option? Triple option? No. Okay, this, that's good. We scored more points this week at least, so that was positive. But we still get it down the red zone and we just don't score. Tough. We had the ball in the two-yard line, and we didn't score. Sounds like Indiana this weekend. Dang. Um, so that was Wednesday. Thursday, nothing much. Friday, busy day Friday. Woke up. That's always good. Yeah, Reddit, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, some days more than others. Um, had a golf scramble with a friend of the podcast, Cody, for one of my classes. So he drove up here, had a golf scramble, just a nine-hole, nice. you know, kind of mandatory grade for my class. Um, I did not play very well. Um, I think one team shot seven under and I think we shot one or two under. Mm. Um, that was, that was fun. Then, then is on camp out time. Boom. Three o'clock hit, went to open practice. Got a little scouting report on the team. Um, Hogard looking good. And, huh? Don't ask questions. Hogard looking good. <laughs> you know, you know that that was mean. I shouldn't have uh, brought him into this. Uh, let me just say the two stars of practice were Tyson Walker and Jay Nakin. So they stood out in practice in my eyes. Wow. Not surprising. Um, um, and then we had to set up our tent, and then that's when the rain started. Six o'clock. <laughs> no, it was sprinkling a little bit, downpour a little bit. We got the tent set up, um, and then as a monster, we went to the hockey game. Hockey team looked really good. For the first like 10 minutes of the game, we won three to one. So that was nice. And then we left the hockey game. Wasn't raining. Everybody was socializing, getting a good time. Um, and we were waiting for the team to come out on the stage for the his own camp out. And they came out around 10 o'clock. And we we're kind of just nonchalantly just like standing around. Pierre Brooks was throwing like football passes to like students. You know, he was socializing with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And at one point I was just like, yeah, let's just go to the stage. And they had the stage set up, and then we stood like on like obviously it's like a square. We stood on the side, like I'm touching the stage, I'm front row. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes up, and they have like flame. I don't know what you want to call it. They had flames that were like shooting out, and like they're like, the "Yeah, everybody standing in this area needs to move." And I was like, Mm-mm, "I'm not moving. I will not move." Um, yeah, so if you check the Michigan State basketball. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you just look, scroll through those pictures. Me and Colby and Connor and Jason, we are mean mugging in at least 95% of those pictures. Can I give my favorite uh, account even a little more in the weeds that we were tagged in? Shout Davis out. Smith. Shout out the, uh, what, what a, I don't know what account tagged us. It was an MSU account that's trying to grow here and they tagged you because they recognize you, Evan. You are recognizable in the street by MSU fan accounts. They, Wait, this is real. They knew, yeah, I'll read you it. So 
the Davis Smith basketball player from Michigan State. Uh, it's Steve Smith's son. Underscore Davis Satchel underscore is his like username. Um, probably my favorite one of the weekend. You just see Evan with the double peace sign. When in doubt, double peace. Him and Davis are both throwing up the double peace. You got Colby, Colby in front of the pod off. just looking. It's like that meme of like get you someone that looks at Davis the way Colby looks at Davis. And then you have Pierre Brooks with the buffs on in the back. But my favorite part about this whole thing is that I need to find the account. I wish I was had it on my phone. But there was an MSU account, like a MSU Drive or MSU something that said at shot of MS, MSU dot drive at shot of MS because they recognized Evan Campus in the front row. So Evan, you are a campus wide face known at this point. I'm going to declare I'm hot on the streets. This is the second time I've been recognized. <laughs> yep, second time. This podcast is booming. Yes. <laughs> With that. Um, yep. Yeah, so the production was really nice for like the team introductions and meeting the team. I think it was the best like setup or introduction that they've done, like that I've witnessed or been a part of. Is this your third camp out? Um, yes, because of COVID, uh, one camp out, we actually got to camp out. The second one was in the Brussels Center. Alex, you were there for it. That was lovely. I was there for the first one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, time is in the way. COVID last year. Do the way. <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, that was miserable. Um, and then right around midnight, that's when it all went downhill after that. Rain. It started to sprinkle. It started to mist. And you look at the forecast, and it was just 90% chance of rain at like 2, 3, and 4 o'clock. And you're like, just send us home. Just send us home. I'll pack up my tent right now. <laughs> no. Um, we, we braced in. There was five of us in the tent. And we, we hunkered down inside our tent because, like, I'm not getting soaking wet just standing out socializing with people I don't really know. Um, not basketball team left before the rain started. Smart. And so, you know, I did that. We had a tarp and then we had the rain protection over it. So we were dry inside the tent, um, but like condensation on the sides. But I woke up in the middle of the night around like four or five, I think it was. And this tent looked like it was about to like take off. It was so windy and rainy. Like, the sides were almost like caving. And I was like, dude, this is miserable. I was like, they could easily be like, oh, go home. But I was like, I'm not going home. It's downpouring right now. Um, shout out to uh, everybody inside the tent. I don't want to name drop. Um, but we were battling in there. You know, some uh, heated workout exchanges. Some people snoring or some people moaning in their sleep. And so we were just like, okay, knock it off. Woke up. Thomas was walking around at six in the morning Naked. with a blow horn, just sounding off the siren, telling people to go home. They didn't have McDonald's for you guys. They had that for me in my freshman year. No, they didn't. I walked um, out of my Colby tent. Went and got, Thomas, Colby but... went and got McDonald's. Why? Like a couple of us put away the tent. This tent is absolutely ruined. Um, it is just wet and soggy and muddy and it smells like yeah, beef. It, Oh, it's it, got it, a lot it, of is, it is just sitting in the trunk currently right now, just baking. Oh my god, you're marking the smell. I, I have nowhere to dry it out. Just throw it away at this point. Tie it to a flyer. See, here's the thing, it's not really my tent. I would do that and I thought about doing that when I saw it. I looked at it and I was like, I should just throw this tent away. Uh, but it's not really my tent, you know, god, my parents. Dude, the back is my car is gonna stink. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> god, that's, that's gonna be like a Wednesday thing when I open up that trunk and I'm like, yeah. It's over. That was it's a good run. Yeah, that's a that's a bi week project for sure. Yeah. Um, so Friday woke up, took a good hour power nap, um, and then drove to Grand Valley State. 
to watch a ranked match of football game, seven o'clock prime time in Lover Stadium. Tough loss for the against Lakers. Ferris State. Tough loss against Ferris State. Um, turnovers in the first half. They were going in driving, and they said he fumbled, and they had like a ninety-five yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. Ferris State at the end of the first half. Devastating. How was the atmosphere at GV Evan Football Stadium wise? The stadium's super nice. Um, better than Northwestern. Alabama D two. Yeah, yes, by far the stadium is way better than Northwestern. <laughs> that is a terrible yeah. indictment on Northwestern. But they're getting an upgrade. Right. Yeah, supposedly. Um, yeah, tailgate. They had one of the coolest tailgating scenes I've ever seen. Just um, line so the streets. It, it is a cul-de-sac. And there's like probably, I don't know, 10 to 15 houses just wrapped around. And then there's a big like grass lot in the middle of all these houses. And like half of Grand Valley State, like student body, was there just socializing, hanging out. And I'm guessing the whole like dry campus thing they don't really enforce. Um, because I always know about Grand Valley, and I well, see the pictures. Like, technically, Whoa. we were off campus. Uh-huh. Um, but I asked a couple of people, like, "Hey, I'm, I want to carry my beer with me," and they're like, "Oh, I just don't recommend you like carrying a 24 racking bush light out in the public." Um, losers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I let the other kids, you know, just throw my stuff in the backpacks. Had a good time, quality time. Um, yeah, Sunday scary hit a little bit hard, and you know that all that drive back from you're not at your own place, you have to drive back. Oh yeah, stunk. That's never fun. No. Yeah, so it's hard to stay awake on those drives. Busy sometimes. weekend. Yeah, you were jam packed. I know. I was starting Friday when I woke up, jam packed. Good thing the bye week's coming for you too. You know, sometimes people need a yeah. bye week themselves. I need one. Well, birthday celebration this weekend. Yeah. Right. My body's not going to have a bye week, but my football heart will have a bye week. Yes. That's important. The stress levels. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, No Time to Die. The movie we all have seen. Spoiler alerts. Full spoilers coming. Yep. Don't listen if you don't want to. Skip ahead. Skip ahead. Spoiler alerts. Or just listen if you don't care about it. Hard and fast. James uh, Bond is dead. We're just going <laughs> to... James Bond dies. You, you had to give him at least like a five-second window and be like, oh, let me skip ahead real quick. <laughs> Maybe I can edit that in. Just a siren. <laughs> yeah, just a little siren sound. James Bond died. James Bond uh, is dead. And Evan, is was that the right way for James to die? Um, You know, I wasn't expecting it. Um, Same. I was. I'm going into the movie. I wasn't expecting him to die. I was 100 honest. I was not expecting him to die. I knew it was Daniel Craig's last one, but with like the previous couple, how he was like in retirement, I was expecting him just kind of like have like a, a send off. Like, okay, I'm I'm retired and I'm not going to do this again. And then when they threw that huge curveball in the middle of the movie, that he has a child. Like, okay, that that he has a daughter. Yeah, I was like, okay, now this daughter is a reason for him to get away forever. Right. I thought yeah. because of the family aspect, he wouldn't die. He would have that. So then he dies, Correct. doesn't get to see his family. No. And how depressing is that? I mean, Super geez. depressing. I mean, I was holding back tears when I saw the ending. They were bubbling up. He was up. just standing there. I, I was holding back tears. It was I had to start moving around in my seat. I had to start scratching my head. <laughs> yeah. They were coming. The waterworks were about to hit. It was a depressing end. And that's how you know it's a great movie because like, it's not the ending I would have predicted or even with a light, but it's I like respect it because it makes it even more of like a 
well-rounded movie because like in my head i pictured his wife madeline and matilde not his wife but would have been wife madeline and matilde like just go into that jamaican hideout place he had in the beginning of the movie just Sweet like place. living there or somewhere in italy like the beginning of the movie i can just picture that and like part of you is like no like he doesn't have to die because MI6 will figure out a cure for this stupid disease that, like, is going to infect him forever. Like, they would have figured out a cure for no. it, for sure. Point blank. They um, said no. But it's just like he had to – he just had to – it was – you know what it was looking back on it? And it makes sense why I like the series, both series so much. It was the end of Dark Knight Rises. It was Batman sacrificing himself for the good of humanity. And even – he didn't really have a, that much of a love interest. Spoilers. Okay. Dark Knight Rises <laughs> has been out for a decade. But – yeah, I mean, he sacrificed himself by flying the bomb out, and James Bond sacrificed himself by opening the doors. There wasn't too much, I think, to really nitpick in the movie, like, unrealistic-wise. I mean, if you look, look past all the crazy chase scenes, but that's just James Bond. Could he have survived the bomb in the grave? I mean, he was pretty close to that, and that just blew its doors off right in front of him. That was stunning. They got out hot. I did not see... Um, Vesper's grave blowing up in as a as a bingo card. If we had a bingo card of her grave blowing up there, no, wasn't even thinking that. I would say the movie was like what three hours almost, and it felt like it was like thirty minutes. It, the movie yes. flew by. I I said the same thing when I left. I said it's a three hour movie, but it's action packed. There are like no dull moments during the movie. There's like there's no slow parts, no breaks. So like everything builds on each other perfectly, where it goes by so fast. And the crazy thing, maybe just because I nerd out about the series, it's so sneaky funny. Like, if you know all the characters and you like dry humor, like, James Bond's also sneaky, one of the funnier characters without doing that much. And then, like, subtle things. The way, like, I think the best chemistry was, like, when him, Q, and Money Penny were all, like, reuniting and they were at Q's apartment and he was, like, getting ready for his date or whatever. And it was so funny, like, the way they were, like, subtly roasting each other and all that. And I think sneaky, one of my favorite scenes was the chase through um like norway when he was had madeline and matilda in the car and then it gets they go into that forest like that shot when they're driving and you see those cars fly off the cliff and the helicopters overhead and you're like oh my god how is he gonna get out of this one and then they're in that like foggy forest um and he gets to finally kill that traitor who killed um uh i forget felix the felix where he yeah. just shoves the car, shoves the car yeah um that was great it's a great movie yeah, I mean, it really was. Now, Evan, the most important question. Where does it rank in your James Bond movie list? James Bond movie list. Okay, the little Spectre's on the bottom. Thanks. No, I, no uh, not Spectre. Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace is on the bottom. That's what everyone um, says. I, this, is, this has got to be number one. I think, like, the action, like, the length of it, and, like, the meaningful behind every single part of it. Um, I'll say this is... It's either I think it's either that or Skyfall. I need to rewatch some of them outside of Casino Royale because I've seen that so many times. I need to rewatch like Spectre and Skyfall, and I'll probably appreciate them even all more. I know I need to watch Spectre. I think another time to actually look fully. Dude, I, it, that's what I wish. I wish I had actually. I like took it for granted. I'm like, oh, I've seen these movies all before. Like I'm gonna know the storylines. But there was stuff I was even shaky on watching it back. Like I forgot how well Spectre was gonna tie in. I didn't know how much Spectre was gonna tie into this, and it clearly did. Because um, they even have uh, what's his face Walt, the villain from Spectre, yeah. back in. Who was he's a fantastic actor. I, don't, I I said this to Alex. I don't know where you stand, Evan. I'm not sure when they inevitably reboot reboot James Bond if it's not the right actor. I don't know if I'm going to watch it because I just like 
It's a tough Which game. might be an overreaction, but I, like, respect Daniel Craig and the five movies he did so much. And, like, since his character died, it's even more, like, cheesy, sentimental. I, out of respect for that, I may just not watch the rest of them. It's going to be difficult for us because we were too young to appreciate, like, Pierce Brosnan. And, like, all the people that watched Pierce Brosnan thought the same thing about Daniel Craig. Um, the way we grew up, we, Daniel Craig's our James Bond. And then seeing a new guy who feel completely different. Obviously, I like I'm Daniel Craig's like the number one James Bond in my eyes. So I think it it will be weird to see a new James Bond. But some two front runners. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Some two front runners to play the next James Bond. Tom Hardy and Henry Cavill are like two of the top leading candidates. I don't think I would like either of them as James Bond. I think Tom Hardy would pull it off very well. I would take Tom Hardy over Superman because he stunk as Superman. <laughs> Uh, it's complete two completely different roles. Yeah, I just he already has a bad. He looks like he looks like the old. I'll say this: I'm too tall. We might have some boomers come after me, but I think the old James Bond stink. And I've actually seen all of two of them, and they're just so corny. They're like, they're like not making fun of spies like Austin Powers does, but they're like pretty goofy. Like one's called <laughs> just o- compared them to like Austin Powers. Like it's called one's called Octopussy, and one's called Gold Goldfinger. Like they're just like goofy, almost like. I don't goofy like goofy spy movies like Jan, Daniel Craig was like real he had like and whoever directed the movie I'm sure like the nerds in the weeds will be like they took James Bond and made him a completely different character so it's more I'm sure if they asked like Pierce Bronson and all those guys to and Sean Connery to act more emotional and stuff it could have been like that but I just like the way they reinvented the James Bond character for for um the Daniel Craig one like he was an emotional guy he was like funny as well like you saw all angles of him and it was just unbelievable at doing everything, which makes no sense. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who's the new James Bond. And but for now, James Bond is dead. Dead. Died. Stop. And for all the conspiracy oh. theorists that say he's not dead, Wilkins, he literally blows up. You see missiles hit him. He's dead. He's as dead as dead can be. Oh, super dead. Anna de Armas. Oh, stunning. Should have been in the movie. I longer. thought she would be in the movie longer. That's what I'm thinking. She was in the movie for like tw- 20 minutes. Based on it was uh, And she's in every trailer. She's in the trailer the previews. whole time. Previews. You would think she's like in the whole movie. And she's in one scene. I'll give her the award for most efficient actress. She did the most in the least amount of time and captured my attention the most of any person ever. It was just like... I was so sure she was going to come back in at some point in the movie and they're going to team up again, but it was just like, nope, enjoy her for the 20 minutes you get and like, gone. Yeah, I was stunning. All right, I need to ask you this question. I had a glass shattering moment after the movie. So the Madeline Swan, that play, the actress that plays that, yeah, very attractive. Did any of you guys notice her like gap tooth throughout yes. the movie? Sure. Immediately. You guys noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. I did see it. I did not notice that. Until the Throughout end. any time watching her. No, until, like, I was, like, drooling over after the movie, and I watched it with Jason and Luke, and I was like, gosh, she, like, he was like, oh, what about uh, End of the Arms? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm a Madeline fan. He's like, uh, you didn't see the gap tooth? I was like, what are you talking about? And then I instantly looked up pictures, and I was like, glash every moment. I was like, it's over. I also think she, like, chopped off all her hair yeah. now, so it's Got tough for the cooler. Hair. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I disagree on that one. She was like, if I had to rank the Bond females of like the five, she's definitely lower. I don't, I don't know what about it. I thought I she was she's on my list. Like, I think Vesper is more attractive than Madeline Swan. 
No, I think I, I am to in Vesper on the Madeline, even with the teeth. Well. Yeah, even with the. I teeth. don't think Vesper was that. Vesper was bad. She had her, <laughs> she had her moments. All right, that is getting long. Let's let's move on. All right, yeah, but must must see. Even if you'd spoiled, must see. Go do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, to transition to real life and not the big The Lions screen. lost to the Bungles. The Lions lost to the Bungles. I declared it a must win the week after your coach cries in front of everyone. Now our coach is just pissed off in front now of everyone. Now our coach is saying that there's quarterback competition. Now our coach said that Goff needs to do more. Uh, duh, you think? Dan, you ever watch the games? Um, <laughs> I don't even know the final score. I'll find it. 34-11. Sweet. I don't think it was. I don't think it was Scorigami, but we were close to Scorigami because you don't see eleven points many times in a football game. That's almost impressive. Impressive in itself. Scorigami is always a wild thing to see. <laughs> yeah, I just love the phrase of it too. Um, Alexon has already stated he has not really seen the game. I have seen a few clips. Evan, Basically I, nothing. Evan, I'll defer to you because I saw bits and pieces of. It. I saw more than I usually do, but I'll defer to you. <laughs> um. Ugh, bad reporting here. I saw parts of it. <laughs> so and you know what? Not, this leads great into a question. We picked. Yeah, it does. Lay it on us, Alex. Uh, well, you wrote it down. Are the Lions watchable? <laughs> because none of us watched a game start to finish. Um, I would argue at this point, this game confirmed it. They are not. They, like you can watch them, and you won't be called crazy uh, yet. But if you have a significant other or you have family members that are wanting your attention on a Sunday, you should give it to them at this point in your life. You should not, <laughs> you should not value the lines over any real human being um, that you value in your life because they stink and they're a dumpster fire and they have to earn back our attention at this point. I just, I, I obviously didn't see much of any of the game. Uh, what What's the problem scoring offense? Anybody have an offensive overarching what was the problem today? Jared Goff just gets – every time I look up, he was getting sacked. Yeah, it was efficiency and pressure up the middle. The opening couple drives, uh, the Bengals just got – what's his name? I can look it up right here. Um, Oh, Hendrickson or whatever? Hendrickson. He doesn't wear gloves. Yeah. Shout out Cal Hedlund. Pressure all over. Sewell did not look the best. He's um, at left. Taylor Decker did not get activated or did he? He did not. Who? Decker, Decker, Decker play? Decker did not play. I believe no. God, I hope Don't not. We're in some dumb. That'd be really bad if he did. Well, no, Sewell started at left tackle. Thank you. Yeah. That's good. Um. Oh. Yeah, I mean, Amonra got one ripped out on a play. It was a great throw by Goff down the seam. It just got ripped out of his hands. I mean, he's just a freak play. I mean, Goff finished with 28 for 42 for 202. It's just an interception. He did get sacked only once, and it was on like the opening second drive. Um, but his QBR is thirteen point three for today's performance. I saw a stat that at one point in the game, his average yards per attempt was one point nine yards. It's just so he was just throwing. I don't know, basically probably to DeAndre Swift or right out of the backfield. To sum up, I guess a big chunk of the game was just this interaction on Twitter I saw where. Lions Twitter was freaking out that they completed a 23-yard pass. Like, that just tells you the depth of targets on this team, the the average yards per pass attempt and catches. It's just like, and we're watching the Sunday night game. I'll tell you this. The Lions, you want to see the Lions 
than the Steelers, except the Steelers have better playmakers overall, so they can score more points than the Lions can. It's the same offense. It's like no throws are more than like 10 yards downfield. 10 is generous. 95% of the time. But the problem, the difference is, is that, like I said, the Steelers have better receivers, so they can oh, pull, they can pull off more plays. And then they just aired it out. So it's like if we had Deontay Johnson or Claypool, there you could score a little bit more points. And this is also was an aberration. I mean, the Lions' offense hasn't been good recently, but they did have some good performances earlier in the year. So it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, another example was one of our tweets. I quoted that one. I said this throw is wet farts because it's just what it was when. When Jared Goff missed Hawkinson on a wide open little wheel route on third and four. Now post game great for my fantasy team. Post game they said there is some um, there could have been some miscommunication on the route, but it's still it's still disgusting throw. So I don't, I don't really know. Just bad. I, I, you can't you can't have Sewell getting blitzed by Hendrickson. What about throwing the ball away on fourth down? I saw that all over the web. Bad. I mean, just bad awareness. I guess not the worst thing ever because. Better or worse than Joe Milton's final attempt against uh, Ole Miss last night? Anybody see that? I did not watch that game. I did. I saw the cl- I saw the clip of it. I just was laughing Do when you know I saw what? you did see it. I saw no. I just saw a tweet from uh, a Tennessee beat report that made me giggle. They got shared around on Michigan Twitter. Was like, and now Joe Milton en- enters the game for their injured quarterback to try to save the game. And everyone's just like, uh oh, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> Basically, it was the last play of the game. They're on like the twenty yard line, so they had to just throw it into the end zone. I mean, like. They're about to score. They're close. Not the not their own twenty yard line. So Joe Milton rolls. He looks panicked in the pocket to begin with. Finally right. rolls out of the pocket. Has the left side. He's on the left side of the field. Like has plenty of time to throw a ball to the end zone. Just runs for ten yards and runs out of bounds. And game ends. Didn't even try to score. Didn't throw to the end zone. Didn't like put his shoulder down and try to make something happen. He just ran out of bounds. <laughs> It's one of the dumbest things that I've ever seen. On the bright side, Alex, watch this play. Can you see? Yeah. This uh, third and fifteen, Evan. It's right before the end of the right before halftime. You may have seen how like Henderson comes around and it looks like it's going to be a strip sack. Is Jared Goff baby hand showing growth by holding on to this football? Stunning. I feel like old Jared would have definitely the other camera angle. It probably got caught between his thigh and his balls, and was able to hold on. To it. Old Jared. Old Jared drops that football, no doubt. Jared drops that ball next week, I guarantee it. Um, but with all that kind of BS of, of the offense, it was still a game at halftime. So they hung in there. The defense, I guess, can we shout out the defense? The defense was in this and then just kind of laid an egg, which they should have because you look at the sidelines, like the offense isn't doing anything for us. So what are we supposed to do? Yeah, man, I didn't see it. So I don't know if the defense was good or not. A Warrior had a I sweet – 34, um, 34 points. Had a sweet interception. Yeah, I mean, but it was, it was uh, what, 10 nothing at half? Well, that's not bad. No. Uh, yeah. Yes. 10 nothing so, and a half. Yeah, 10 nothing and a half. And then Mixon kind of did Mixon things, and so it got, they did get to 17 nothing. But still, like, in an NFL game, that's not insurmountable, which we've seen. And then – Love Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase, uh, there's talk after playing us that he is the best deep threat in the NFL right now, and it's hard to disagree because <laughs> all he does is catch – did you want to talk about depth of target? Cincinnati's completely different than Detroit. They air the baby out. Cincinnati shows us the blueprint to be good in the future. They they were just as dumpster fire a couple years ago too. And you know what? They're yeah. four and two. You know, I sent that to our I think a fantasy football chat. I said, "Is the hope is Lions fans to emulate?" And the Bengals is a good call, but I said the Panthers as well. The Panthers suck still. No, I don't think they suck. They're about five hundred right now, right? 
They were on the verge. They were on the verge. They were on the verge of being four and two if um, they didn't blow that game today. Blow it! They had a miracle drive. Yes. Yeah. They were lucky to tie it and go to overtime. Look, they had chances to win. Okay. Well, that was a bad take, and you know. That one got lost in the shuffle. I forget. I know all I know is Minnesota's kicker missed a kick against them, but can't miss one against the Lions. Minnesota did win. True. Um, I don't know. I don't have much else about the Lions. I guess I can rattle off the rest of the questions here. Are there any bright spots you see in this team? I have a bright spot. Uh, my <laughs> order was picked up finally. Thought we were gonna have another crisis where I ordered food during the show and it never came. But it has been picked up. I thought you were talking about the Lions. Uh, no, I don't have a bright spot. My bright spots are the same every week. So, Bright spot? Uh, b- bright spot. Uh, Hawkinson led the team in targets with 11. Love that. Got involved. Okay. About time um, selfish fantasy team member. No. They listen to our podcast. We say it every week. Hand up. Bright spot. I played the Bengals defense, which I told all of you to do. Play the defense, playing the Lions, and it's a good experience. Yeah. Um. Bright spot, I guess, like our fast, actually, athletic linebackers led the team in tackles. Uh, Barnes had nine, and Reeves Maven had seven. So We're going to ignore Reeves Maven getting absolutely cooked by Chris Evans for the first touchdown of the game. Yes, um, we are going to ignore that. Yep, it was just great play design, I don't want to tell you. Can you show me that? You have that up? <laughs> no, not just off the top. He just gets juked out. I did not see it. The problem is, is they put... Maven in a bad – I would say it's also coaching-wise Reese Maven lined up as a slot cornerback against a running back. It's just not going to end well. And there was no – there was not enough safety cover to stop the play. So, Also, it was just a funny – I think I did tweet about that. It's just funny to watch Chris Evans utilize like that and just play him. Maybe that would have been good in our – but – Dang, feels bad. You can't have everything. All right, here you go, Alex. Snap away. Right here. Snap away. Maybe lost. And then there's no safety help. So that was that play. Other bright spots. I think you nailed it, Evan. I think the athletic linebacking core gives me more hope. Um, the secondary is actually not terrible. Like the pass yards that the Lions give up per game is respectable. I was looking this up. Um, I don't know. It's not the worst. But. Yeah, let me see here. Passing. Speaking of corners, this is your weekly reminder. Seventeenth, the Lions drafted Jeff Okuda over Justin Herbert. Nice. Thanks. Oh, bright spots. It seems that maybe at least after his return to college football and the game he had against Cal, that we might have a clear number one pick in Kayvon Thibodeau this year. So that could be something that could be something to look forward to. I just said something a thousand times. Now, I asked you guys last week. That means you have to suffer without getting a quarterback this year. I asked you guys last Ugh. week. Uh, I'm asking again. Two first-round picks for Sean Watson. Would you do it right now? No. No. Because he probably will never play in the NFL again. Any more consideration? No. It's just a waste. He's not going to play in the NFL. And you if he does get signed, they're going to throw him on the exempt list. It's all pending. No. Um, I'll ask you guys a question that I've asked you before, but I'll phrase it like this. Percent chance odds this team goes 0-17 and makes history. 10% chance. Uh, 33% chance. <laughs> high, man. That is high. We thought we would be able to beat the Bengals and they just beat us. I did. I believe on the grass. Embarrassed us at home. Yeah, I. this was a must win, like I said. On the graphic, you don't we have many expected of these. to lose. I, you look at the rest of the, the roster, like the schedule. 
Like the Falcons, maybe, but I mean, Matt Ryan's still looking decent. Nobody can stop Eagles, Patterson yet. Eagles, the only home? person I can see Fancy is like the Eagles. But the Eagles quarterback is better than our quarterback. Spider-Man meme when we play the Steelers and the wow, average depth of completion Steelers, is two yards Steelers in that game. Kill us. We won't score. Oh my gosh, TJ Watt is going to bend Jared Goff in half. He might have 20 sacks. Jared Goff, people that hate Jared Goff right now, like after going through Donald and TJ Watt, they're going to need to wear him in like a, oh a, a balloon bubble suit. Aaron Donald's going gonna... to eat Jared Goff next week. It's and not going to be pretty. And then Miles that, spread, that spread might be 15. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey about, might have Okay, picks. think about these pass rushers. Aaron Donald and then the Eagles have an all-around good defensive front. And then you have TJ oh, Watt. God, and then you have Miles Garrett. And then you have Khalil Mack. And then you go back to the Vikings who sacked you a thousand times. Then you got Von Miller. Uh, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. So it's Atlanta. Atlanta is your first chance at a win. Atlanta and Seattle. The first and only chance. If Russell Wilson's not back. Yeah, but at Seattle, that's an L. <laughs> yeah. Or are we playing? Oh, my God. We're going on 17. <laughs> so you're up from 10? Yeah. I'll go 28%. This is not looking good. <laughs> I'll go 20. This is looking bad. I'll, I'll go lowest. I'll go 20 just because it's the NFL. But if we get past that bye week, boys, it's not, it's not looking pretty. I've had um, a couple people message me, uh, Grant, about your uh, Lions must win meter. Yeah. I had one person say, why does Grant always pick must wins? And I said, <laughs> I think he's too scared of the Lions. We can go 0-17. Um, and then the next one, I think I said the same thing. And they said, uh, the Lions will probably win three games, but I think we kind of want them to go 0-17. Yeah. I don't want 0-17. You can get the first pick by winning a game. I'm pretty sure we'll see a correction on my my heavy must-win next week. I'm probably going to be off the graphic <laughs> to the left. It would be kind of cool if like, the bus like, breaks the tire on the way to the stadium and we just like somehow don't make it. You know what? To stay on brand, I might go low-key think they could win just to just because it's a revenge game. <laughs> just play a revenge card. They might lose 49-0. This would be a good week for the Lions to be the first team to cancel a game because of COVID. Yeah, like when Michigan That's did, so like Michigan versus Ohio State last year. You just get the vid. yeah. They're, they're dodging them. Yeah, they're just dodging the ring. It's a business they decision. They have to win one nothing. Yeah, I'm getting a phone call from my Uber Eats delivery driver. Good to know. Pause. First Hello. station identification. Hashtag not an ad. Not an ad. Is there any other QBs? We did like a QB list of QBs you'd rather have than Jared Goff. Are there any other terrible starters and or exciting backups that you would? Rather have that it's changed after this game. I'll take Taylor Heineke, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. You could not take him just for fun. Yeah, honestly, right now I think I would take Mitchell Trubisky over Jared Goff. I would like to, I would take like That's Nick Foles over Jared Goff. Goff. Mitchell Trubisky is at least more athletic and he can run. Yeah, I'm in for that. I, I think take, he would be more dynamic Nick with Foles. DeAndre Swift. Than we that haven't we haven't said him yet, but it's a no brainer. I take Trevor Lawrence over Jared Goff. Like that. if it does. Nice. We I would have done yet. that before the season. Geno Smith, are we to that level? No. No. I mean, we all look like clowns when that uh, we did that list on the podcast of who's better than Jared Goff, and we were appalled that he was like in the 30s or 20s. I think about that every week. I'm not I mean, you could insert clown faces on us because he's actually like probably like 31. Daniel Jones? Yeah, I'd take him. Ah, it's the same thing. He has baby hands. He can run though. He does have baby hands, Alex. I don't know if he can. He can run him. though. He's more athletic. I'd rather take golf. I'm taking. I would rather take golf. I can't believe Jones. it. I'm taking Danny Dimes. All right. Well, that's the line we found out. Evan would take Trubisky, and Alex would take Daniel Jones over Jared. I take Taylor Heineke too. We already talked. I mean, yes, I would take Taylor Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Heineke suck. 
today, but still. I mean, so did Jared Goff. And Mac Jones. Yeah, no. I think all the first-round picks are pretty obvious. Like, it'd be something more to root well, for. Here's one. Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the tough one. Yes, I would take Jimmy Garoppolo over Jared Goff right now. Same guy. Yes. He's just this. Jimmy Garoppolo has a winning record when he starts. But he's immobile. Granted, he's on the 49ers, but... They're both like, I think he'd probably be as just as bad as Jared. They're both pretty like vanilla average quarterbacks who made their way to a Super Bowl. Um, an alarming stat that I believe I did not come with, I forgot where I heard it from, but I don't think, going back to Jeff Fisher, I don't think Jared Goff has ever won an NFL game without Sean McVay as his head coach. Is that stunning? It's a little alarming. They're like It is, because if you're like a high, you're the number one pick in the NFL draft, you should be able to win no matter who your head coach is, kind of. But if you haven't won a game because of this, because of Sean McVay, it, it, he had to win under Jeff Fisher, didn't he? Right, right. like he was 7-19. Uh, and he Owen 17. He was a starter all year. Yeah, he definitely won a game. No, I don't think so. You just coming Maybe, up with this on the spot? I don't know. No, in 2016, he lost every game he played in. Well, while Grant looks at this. It's, it's confirmed. 2016, he lost every game he played in. This is confirmed. I can see it. And then McVay came, and they, they <laughs> kind of won. McVay came and they made the playoffs next year, and then 2021, he's lost every game he's played in. So that'll be history when it happens. I'm sorry you bought a Jared Goff jersey, man. It's okay. Oh, I actually was going to say, yeah, but it's good because now the the apartment has a lot of toilet paper, you know, that'll last for a while. (laughs) We'll find a way to do something. That was me. I'm sorry. Some some good kindling later. We just cut off with scissors. Hey, shout out to that Warren. uh, What was that guy's name? He's on TikTok. He's on Facebook. He's kind of famous. He's listening. Yo, Goff. This was a hundred and twenty dollar jersey. You've been playing. I saw that. An eighty-five overall jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good stuff. Hey, um, sorry, this is off topic. Are we doing the rumor segment of the week? No. Can I just drop a? No, I actually rumor right here. I have a rumor. It's not sports related. I have a rumor that I have for the segment, but you can. Is it going to be off the record? No, this is on. This is juicy is for all our Tecumseh listeners. You want to wait? Okay, let's just do it now because the excitement's too high. You guys know, are you guys familiar with In-N-Out Burger? Yeah. The national chain. Yep. Suing really? Dallenberger for copying their stuff. Oh, they do look exactly the same. Really? Yes. In-N-Out is suing Dallenberger. Stunning development. That's actually probably like the best publicity for, for Dallenberger ever. For like copying them, I guess. How did copying they find that? How? My sister set, just sent me an article about it, and she said, I called this, which I doubt it. But. Well, obviously their logos <laughs> are different, but their menu looks exactly the same. Too much like In-N-Out Burger lawsuit claims. I don't think they're going to win that, although they probably have much better lawyers than Dallin Burger. Trade yeah. dress infringement is what it's called. Hmm. The look, feel, and the decor is too similar. To In-N-Out that. Burger can piss off. They're not even that good anyways. Well, another um, rumor mill segment of the week. You see the proposed plan that Tecumseh is going to get like the Lunaway County Community like recreational center. It's going to the board on Wednesday. No, like just like uh, you know where uh, the products used to be. Now it's just like a dump. Yes, They're, like a brand new like sports facility. Like every like sports like field that you want to dream of is going to be there. That's pretty sweet. That's stunning. There's a, like a bunch of proposed plans. It looks cool. So the company is going to be an athletic powerhouse in 2045. It sounds like. And there's going to be a yeah, lawsuit on national television about Gallenberger. That'd be kind of sick. All right, let's switch to college football now. Um, MSU versus Indiana. The Spartans go to the Rock, which I guess is what 
Indiana calls their stadium, which is absolutely absurd. I did not hear that. Yeah, I found that. Oh, out I think it's well. because their stadium is made out of a certain type of like rock. It's probably right. a Tom Allen. The most Indiana thing I've ever heard. Uh, Michigan State is now the seventh ranked team in the country. Nine. AP. Seven coaches. We take the higher number. <laughs> that jumps by Oklahoma State in the AP. Um, they won twenty to fifteen. Moves to seven and zero. Indiana moves. Indiana moves to two and four. It was a Big Ten football buffet where you want to claw your eyes out the whole game. It sucked. But they do what good teams do, and they pull out games that they don't play their best in. On the road. So I will tee it up to Alex on this one to start your Michigan State thoughts. No, I'll just start with we do not apologize for being 7-0. Correct. Exactly. We do not apologize for being 7-0. And that's the first thing I said after it went final, officially went final. I said I will not be, apologize for being 7-0. Right. It's so, not your guys' fault or 7-0. What do you have to apologize for? Uh, you can ask Iowa. Winning in the Big Ten every week is not easy. Job. And so, you know, at first when you win that game, you're like, oh, that was tough. But then you see Iowa lose to Purdue at home by 17 points. And you're like, well, you know what? A Big Ten East win on the road means a lot. Uh, in terms of how the game went, uh, Michigan State's offense was lost. Uh, Indiana did a great job gapping, you know, filling the lanes and just stopping Kenneth Walker. They'd push him outside and let him get like three yards. You did say they have good linebackers, and I did notice that. Yeah, they're, they have – well, I saw Peyton Thorne say after the game, their, their main middle linebacker, I can't remember. 47? 47. He was like – he said that's the best defender they played all year. Jeez, I would take him on any team I root for any day. He's really good. His name Nick, is his name Nick Pierce? Noah Pierce. Mm. Nope, JK. He's a defensive back. 47, I think his name. Yeah, he had eye black, head to toe. Not his name. McFadden. Yes. 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 Stud. Awesome. I mean, he had a stat line. Holy cow. He's he was a stud. everywhere. He's a great player. Michael McFadden, senior from Tampa Bay, Florida. Uh, wow. Nine tackles, four solos, one and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. Yeah, great player. So... Indiana, they had a great game plan, and it was to shut down Kenneth Walker, and uh, they controlled the line of scrimmage as well. Kenneth Walker, 23 carries, 84 yards, 3 points. Which, honestly, a pretty respectable stat line, getting 84 yards rushing. It's not terrible. <clears throat> but, um, so, the run game was gone. I think the longest run of the day that Michigan State had was 13 yards, so uh, quite the difference from a week ago. And then in terms of the passing game, you know, I thought there was chances. Uh, Jaden Reed dropped a what would have been a 60-yard touchdown. I wrote that down. He did. Early on. That was early in the game. I hadn't, early seen, that. The game. I hadn't seen that before. That was new from him. Jalen Naylor had a drop. So the drops kind of – I think Jaden Reed had two drops. Jalen Naylor had one drop. So three drops. Not good. I still, dude, that is still a catch. I don't care about, like, completing the process. Oh, I thought that too. I, I can't remember exactly how you it went. Catch, he definitely you go it. down, you're on the sideline, you reach out. Technically, the play is over with. I thought it was a catch as well. Your body no longer matters, and then the ball comes out afterwards. Right. I agree. That should have been a catch. So, offensively, you know, you start off poorly, and then the rest of the first half was just, you know, nothing. Just a good old Big Ten punt fest. However, Indiana was moving the ball, so defensively, uh, we were, you know, bending, not breaking again. Oh, it took so my phrase. That was my main phrase. Bend, don't break. Uh, I did forget that Cal Halliday had a ginormous pick six. In you forgot? I didn't forget. It was a play of the damn games. Kind of got sidetracked. It, it was. It uh, was Cal Halliday, no swag. Halliday, no gloves. Jumps the route. Crit. I think they nicknamed him. 
Rick No Flair. Rick No Flair. I saw Rick No Flair. I saw Bobby Boucher. Yeah. I called him the All American. I called him the All American No Glove Wearing Man. Yeah. Because they were talking on the broadcast that he raises chickens or raised chickens. So he's just like the most farm. At 100% fits him <laughs> yeah. to a team. Like the most all American farm cow holiday. Yeah. Oh, shout out Jason. Um, Jason saw him earlier this week walking around on campus, and he said Cal Halliday has more drip walking to class than he does on the football field. Stunning. Now I need – well, okay, Jason, that's a miss not to take a photo there without being a creeper, but we need to see – the people need to see this. <laughs> I just can't believe drip and um, Cal Halliday go together in a sentence. They don't. So pick six, that was Michigan State's only uh, touchdown of the first half. Only points of the first half. What was this halftime score? 9 7? Uh, 9 7, yes. Which leads me into Michigan State in the red zone on defense did a fantastic job holding Indiana to field goals. Yep. You know, kind of the MO all year is just bending, bending, bending. They were really bending because there were some of these quick hitter plays Indiana was running where you they caught the ball and the camera was like zooming out to show you and it looked like they had a free 10 yards to the first down. There was some plays in was the first insane. half where Indiana was – Their screen game also like wide receivers was like – it basically is like their run game because they couldn't really run the ball that that, that that well yeah. on a yards per carry. Um, it, they were driving me absolutely nuts. But like – Like it was just like a simple route. I mean – it was a little innovative because I've never seen it really. Like they would do, you never knew if it was a fake bubble or supposed to be a real bubble because they'd catch it, do a quick pump fake on like a vert route that hadn't even started yet. And then I think that would freeze the defenders enough that they're wrong with them. And then, like I said, they'd catch the bubble and there would be legitimately from where they caught it to the first down, 10 yards downfield, there was no defender in sight. And then they would come flying in out from out of your screen. Yeah. It was well done, actually. Yeah. Indiana, so they moved the ball well. However, every I saw, I mean, they hadn't scored a touchdown in a Big Ten game yet. Oh, really? This season until they eventually did in the second half. But Indiana's had trouble scoring in the red zone. Uh, we held them to all field goals in the first half, which was huge. To be losing 9-7, credit to me. Uh, to be losing 9-7 at half, you know, it felt like it was like 21-0. Yep. But it was 9-7. So. It was... And again, uh, so the two two sides of the coin, something I noticed on a couple of the drives, there was two where Tuttle just – the play calls were bad because they always had him going out to his left. Either it ended up being that way because I would give a lot of credit to Michigan State's defensive line in those situations because there was twice where it was pretty blown coverage. One was, uh, again, our boy Ben Van Summeren got absolutely sucked in on a fake. And uh, Indiana had two corner routes. They ran it like twice different times in the game in the red zone, and the corner was wide open. But Tuttle got flushed. Yeah, the very first one, yeah. Van Sommer gets sucked yeah. in. They cross. He's just wide open. But credit to the defensive line, they get in um, Tuttle's face so he can't make the throw. If he even saw him, I don't know. And then he starts rolling, and then there's no chance for him to make the throw going the wrong way off balance. So really shout out Michigan State's D-line for that. But that was also like – there was two clear shots where they should. You're just like if you if you were an Indiana fan or rooting against Michigan State for your bets, you'd be like why can't you just hit that wide open pass? Yeah, but they bend and they did not break. I would say also D line played really well. I thought pretty much start to finish the whole game. They got a lot of pressure on Tuttle. Tuttle's not a great quarterback, so I don't know what that says. But they forced actually, turnovers. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't bad. He just you know he made some mistakes. As you'd expect a guy. He throws a nice football. Give him that. He's tall. He's a big dude. I'd also say that. 6'5". So first half was abysmal. 
but 9-7. So that's where I let Evan take over the second half discussion. Can I briefly, Evan, before I'm just going to get it out because it'll, it'll expire at the end, I would say. It's just on top of these red zone things, the Wildcat, boys. I texted oh, you about it. Um, it I love to, it. Again, it needs yes. to die. Now It does. It kind it does. Of, I'm standing on this grave with you. It kind of bit me in the today, but I'm going to keep my flag planted. Uh, the New England Patriots, who were coached by the best football coach of all time, ran Wildcat today. For, for, yeah, yeah, they ran it for a touchdown. And it helped your fantasy team. Well, he was on my bench, but no, it didn't because oh, Stevenson got it because David Harris carried him all the way down the field and got hurt and had to go to the blue tank. So they just wildcatted Stevenson in the end zone. But I'm like, hmm, Grant, are you dumb because the best football coach of all time did Wildcat? No, I'm going to say Bill Belichick's losing it. The Wildcat stinks so bad. It should be eradicated from the game of football. It doesn't really work consistently on any level. I can think of Indiana did it. It was so stupid. Coach Tucker did it against Nebraska. I almost texted you guys then. Like, did work, though. No, it didn't. I te- I almost texted you guys. Kenneth Lauer got blown up in the backfield for a loss. They tried it has to worked this season. Michigan has done it in the past. doesn't work. I don't know. I think they may have tried it once this year. It's just like, even when it does work, it's like, it's not the right call. Even, if, again, I'm going to say it again. Even if it does work, people, you're There's like, oh, well, it works. There's better calls. There's calls. Because the biggest advantage you have on being on offense is the defense doesn't know it's coming. Is it going to be a run or a pass? When you wildcat, they know what's going to happen. And you're like, oh, well, what if you trick them? Hey, guess what? Especially Michigan fans. When you tried that last year, it was almost intercepted in the end zone, and it was an incomplete pass. So there's a guy on your team called the quarterback whose job is to pass the ball. Or catch Unless you have like a Heinz Ward or one of these all-time, like Julian Edelman's who played quarterback in college and knows how to throw a football, or Jarvis Landry who's really good at it. Do it like, no. Hassan Haskins should never be throwing a football. And – while the trick play did work later in the game for Michigan State, that's what I paused there because I like, Tyler Hunt threw a nice football. But when it comes back He's to Wildcat, let's not get off. Let's not get off track. When it comes to Wildcat, it needs to be get, get rid of the game of football. It is 1800s. Just do anything else but Wildcat. Second half, Evan. Second half. Um, started off pretty well. Um, Force a punt. They did drive down. Um, but then we... Uh, kick a field goal to get the lead back. Let's talk about that um, field goal also. Matt Coughlin, 51-yard bomber. I think that barely went over. Like, it landed on the white out-of-bounds line. I'm glad you guys said it because I was going to have to do the whole, like, say his name again because you guys always crap on him. But yeah, I'll give him the kid's delivering. He was – without him, we lose. Yeah, true. Um, but a couple bad interceptions were thrown by Thorne in the second half. Don't like to see it, especially the second one. Um, we can't just you force a fumble. Bit. You force a fumble and then throw a bad interception two plays later. It looks like you just threw it up in the end zone. Um, luckily, the defense was standing strong. It's just some of these drives you would like to see them finish for a touchdown. Yeah. Like when you so well, now we are starting to play better opponents or next opponents, Michigan. You know, you have a 13 play drive that needs to finish as a touchdown. You can't be settling for field goals. Yeah. Like you're up 17 to nine. Um, you have a chance to bury a team like you got to score again. You got to score a touchdown before them. Um, defense played well. Um, there was a stat going around Twitter today Michigan State's in the bottom four. Bottom five and uh in the F entire FBS and total defensive place. 
Like they've had like defensive snaps. So they're on the field like, a lot, the defense. They're on the field a lot, is basically what I'm saying. And but they're only averaging up like 18 yards per game. Break. You know, when your so offense like, has those explosive, crazy one yard, one play yes. drives, you're going to be on the field more. And so, like, the, my reason behind it, okay, we're only giving up 18 points. And the guy that posted it, um, his point was I think totally yards in a game is now kind of like. Should be overlooked. It's think, looked no, at too much now. This was because a, now we're we're only giving up like eighteen Colton points per game. This was Colton Pouncey, right? I think he did. The yards per play yes. metric is better. Yards per play is better. Points per game is better because you have a lot of stats, but they're not doing anything with it. So, is total yards really necessary? Obviously, if you give up six hundred yards and forty five points, then obviously it's going to be following. Right. I think the yards um, per play for Indiana was 3.7, which is very low. I think the only thing you really need that helps, I, I think it's just points. Like I think just your scoring defense because it shows you, like, yeah, maybe our strategy is to let you get to the red zone, then we clamp down and you don't score touchdowns. Right. Now people go, is that sustainable? Where it seems like it kind of has been over the course of seven games where they get there and then things fizzle out. Yeah, people yes. can say all they want, like, oh, well, eventually teams are going to start scoring in the red zone. Through seven games, they're just not. They're just getting field goals over and over again. Now, I've seen it every week, and I'm waiting for it to happen. It just hasn't happened. So maybe it never will. Um, play of the game, Thorne catching a uh, pass on the sideline, Mossy to Indiana defenders. Um, as a ref, I don't know how you said he was out of bounds when he was clearly in bounds. It was clear on the first um, shot, too. It was clear it was live. Immediate. Yeah. Uh, Hunt throwing that, as soon as he threw that, I said, oh, gosh. Because he was getting sacked. I thought he, he was, was throwing a former punt, former punter. And turn tight end um, is throwing the trick pass. Uh, bad luck there. I think he played quarterback um, in high school a little bit. I saw today that he throws left handed and he threw that ball right handed. I think he is a freak athlete, is what I really think. throwing a wrench in the whole flea flicker youth thing. That's not their brand. Although they did, they did try another one, didn't they? They did yeah, try first failed. It was, it was a little under thrown. Um, the linebacker <laughs> that we talked about, he knocked it down. So that guy's yeah. everywhere. That's a freak. McFadden. Yeah. He also was hitting um, Tyler Hunt on that throw. Can I ask about two coaching decisions? Well, one's not a decision. One's just something that happened that has to be cleaned up. And it leads me – my first point is praise on special teams. Bryce Berenger balled out. Struggled the first two punts, figured it out quickly, and made a huge difference in the game. Well, one of said punts was Tips. because of the team's fault. Because this, again, we look at when you nitpick little things, this, will cost, this would cost a team in a bigger game is that – I believe he pinned Indiana inside the five on a punt, but there's an illegal formation on a punt play, which is just a coaching thing that you cannot have, um, whether it be the kids having a brain fart, but you just have to make sure that that unit at game seven uh, is in order and you're not having illegal formations on punt because then they're allowed to re-kick. And then I think that was caught at like the 25 or 20. So it was like a 20, basically a 20 to 15 yard penalty when it's really only a five yeah. yarder. So those things um, can't happen, especially in Big Ten football games when they turn into field position shootouts, essentially. That happen again. The irony of that phrase. Um, and then the more, I guess, talked about and publicly discussed coaching decision was, uh, was it after a pick? Um, probably was it after one of the picks. Yeah, it was, I think. It was after the fumble. Oh, it was a fumble? Kimbrough, strip sack, get the ball back. Get the ball back. And then I believe they ran it on first down. And then they yeah. took a weird, like, It'd be one thing if they thought they must have thought they had a look based on something in the game where Thorne like this, say they had this corner was going to be sleeping, but I don't think it was play action, was it? 
No. It wasn't. Thorne audibled at the line because of the coverage look and sent both receivers, Reed and Naylor, on go routes. And he threw it so he fast. Threw it, he said Reed would have been open. He was making a double move. He didn't wait on that. He got antsy. Looked to Naylor, saw it was just one guy, and threw it. He was supposed to throw that ball to the corner of the end zone, and he didn't. He underthrew it because he was either going to give his receiver a chance or it was going to be out of bounds. Instead, he makes a bad throw, bad read, bad pick. And that's going to happen with a young quarterback. Nevertheless, I'm all for. I'm not going to be a hypocrite because on the pass outside, I like coaches that go for it and try to win the game, and that goes to players. So I like the idea of going to like kill the game and not just like basically taking glorified knees until you kick a field goal. Yeah. But it just was poorly, poorly executed. Like you maybe like a crossing route or some sort of better concept that to really get an, a manufactured look. They had a lot of success on like a play action to Jane Reed throughout the game. Like maybe maybe work that in because they're expecting a run, but. If you're going to go for a shot there, it just has to be better thought out and not just – it just looked like playing backyard football when you have a chance to ice the game with a – also should mention, if you, if you ran it three times there, no one's going to be mad at you because you have a Heisman candidate running back, and that's what you have him for is just an ice game. So, Evan, your thoughts on that, that almost almost debacle? Yeah, um, I think Alex summed it up well. I mean, I'm going to give the quarterbacks a word um, for it, but – I think it, uh, Michigan State fans are just so used to like uh, just wasting the time and running out the clock with like uh, Daytonio scheme that that's what we kind of wanted to do. Um, we're not used to the aggressive play calling and chucking it deep. It, it shouldn't happen with that interception. Can't happen. Um, but you know you live with it. I'll say I don't. I don't hate the idea of trying to end the game with the touchdown. No, there. I don't hate it either. I like. I like being aggressive too. I like right? all of it. The throw was you just didn't execute the play. You didn't execute the throw. And honestly, I what I read was that we called a run play, and Thorne has the freedom to opt out of that and audible at the line, and that's what he did. And I guess the look was there. It was single coverage, just not a good throw. Poor, poor throw. Poor throw, but also like. The coverage was smothering too, so it's like I, right. Then again, he, he, he threw it, that. He threw it so early that he made a thought more separation would happen. But like, if he was wide open, he just underthrew it. That's one thing. But like, it wasn't even a good read. Um, I mean, if you throw it to the corner, single coverage, you're basically just betting on your receiver to make a play over the corner, even if he's all over him. And I don't hate that either. I mean, you're no. gonna have to catch 50-50 balls to win games against good teams. Now that wasn't the moment to do it, but you know, I don't hate it. Just a bad throw. And it happens. He's the redshirt freshman. Started seven games. Any games. any other um, nitty gritties of the game before we get into some big picture questions about both college schools? Only nitty gritty. Not I mean, just like the play calling and like, like okay, the last couple of games, I feel like we haven't been like, I'm not saying cute, but like, like Miami, I thought our play calling was good. Like I thought, like unique, different, different style, attacking in different ways. Now it's like seems too generic, like almost predictable in some situations. I will say on that point, I think it's either time to change the look of it or scrap it. Is the whole tunnel screen to Hayward? Because I think every team in the Big Ten knows that that's they they figured it out. It'll work against Michigan. Find something else, and I know that throwback screen to the the fullback will happen against Michigan. I mean, that's just a statement. Something's gonna happen, but they need to get. Um, I don't know if they're saving it or what, but it's getting a little stale. I I would agree. That's gotta go. I I also would like to get Kenneth Walker involved in the passing game, so it's not predictable. 
when he comes off the field or when he's on, even when he's on the field. Yeah, when he's on the field, he might not get a um, a run, but now you know he's not really involved in the passing game enough. Like I think he has like five or six catches on the year. It's something that gets under the radar because he's been so amazing in the run game. Yes, yeah, he's, he's been he's so good, not. and he has a rushing uh, receiving touchdown against Miami. But he, I think, before going in to the Indiana game, he had four catches for thirty yards. Yeah, he's got five for twenty-five and a touchdown on the year with a long of thirteen. I mean, and I think I've seen some press conferences. I don't know if they're just kind of laughing like haha, but they like I've heard Mel Tucker say he can catch the ball. Do you want to see him catch the ball? It's like, well, yes, like maybe a halfback angle. That'd be pretty sweet. I don't know. Like yes, it would be something. Like I find think, situations. I think uh Oklahoma scored in the night game on a halfback angle. Like it's it'll be wide open. I'd also say And so like on third down when Joyner comes in, it's kind of predictable, like okay, he's like the passing back. Yeah. I would also like to see a little more Joiner. Is that is that bad? Because Kenneth is so good, I think Joiner has a know. chance to be like a really good receiving back. He's like six five, and he ran pretty well on the two carries he had. I'm a bell cow. Bell I'm cow not saying guy, he needs so to come no. in and run the ball. But like you can put him in there, but then that's Evans' something. predictability. Catch, catch. No, you can put him in both. You can play what Connor Hayward's doing. Connor Hayward is still. Yeah. Nobody can do what Connor Hayward does. Anyways, the only other thing I would say nitty-gritty-wise is that the bubble screens and, you know, the whole speed and space, it, uh, I, don't, I'm, I have mixed feelings about it. you got to have the blockers for it. And no blocking the rock. You know, earlier in the season we were running that and it was working and we were blocking well with receivers and then other times we just get blown up and it's, it's not working either. So like, I don't know. I, I think it's predictability where, like, okay, now that you've seen it on film, teams are ready for it. We need to – I'm hoping we're saving some stuff. The old playbook. <laughs> Locked away, baby. I hope so. But, you know, bubble screens can work, and I like the idea of getting your receivers in space, but – Dare I say speed in space? It's a bit predictable at this point. <laughs> and we got to get a tight end involved. I mean, I know Tyler Hunt caught a touchdown pass today, but we need – Yeah, more. how much more involved do you want? I want tight ends to be, like, valuable in catching passes. They're just not. Connor Hayward is not. You want a Hender shot? I would like one. That'd be cool. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, he's a really good player. I think uh, the Jadonami now, one of the biggest differences, I think, in this game from last year, because it's how you compare it, and the announcers talk about it, but I was thinking it, so I'm not stealing their ideas. Like, it's been growth from the Michigan State cornerbacks. I think I would heap some praise on them. There was some gross plays where they were a little physical, but again, the inconsistency of what was PI and what wasn't, I could see why they were overly physical because it started off, they weren't calling much, and then they started throwing flags. But Ronald Williams made a heck of a plays on uh, Freifogel. In Freifogel, they just kept talking about how in the last matchup last year, he just made play, had over 200 yards against Michigan State. And you saw this year a big difference was those cornerbacks, Kimbrough made a huge play. Ronald Williams is playing well. Two big plays for Kimbrough. Um, They're just making big plays. in these games, and they're a big reason why that the score is what was different this year than last year. Yeah, I can say I, I actually am starting to come around and trust the corners. I feel decent about it. Oh, that feels I like will trust the corners if you just leave the corners out there and play them the entire game. You've got like, to, I, like the, they're Lowry rotating didn't the look that bad too much for my liking. Lowry didn't look that They bad. are rotating them too much for my liking. You want them, Evan, you just want them to play like 90% of snaps if you're out there to get in the rhythm. Yes, like, like you gotta come out of the game, bit. getting used to it. Like, at some point, a team will capitalize on burning a corner, one of the corners. That's like the first play out there. God, they're I gonna catch up to it. God, I hope so. 
They're not capable of. No, they're not. <laughs> um, all right. Let's dive into some big picture questions. Speaking of the Wolverines, who some quick hitters? Let me tell you this. You want to talk about the blueprint for winning your bye week. How about bye week moving up, what, three spots, two spots in the poll? That's how you win a bye week. Can we week ask the, the people why Michigan moves up two spots and Michigan State moves up one and Michigan State won a game and Michigan didn't? The brand. It's the brand. The brand. I don't want to hear any more. Michigan doesn't have you know, a brand. Alex, it's uneducated voters that don't watch it's football just, throughout the week. It's that only thing. watch their team, report on their team, and then they're asked on Sunday, like, oh, who are we voting for? It's Maybe just it's despicable. Like, oh, yep, yep, yep. Does that have anything to do with where like they were, they looked at it, they thought it was a gross win? I know I'm no. not saying it's a gross win. It's a win to win. But did they look at it did, like did that? Did they know Indiana's three other losses? Probably not. Tom Allen is like three and fifty against FBS programs. Can I say something? I don't mind Oklahoma State jumping Michigan State. That's I a big think win. it's dumb. I would say Penn State should have been sliding behind Michigan State at this point in the season. I don't think Oklahoma. State You know State what though, guys? This is a great tease. We'll get to our shot of Michigan sports first look at playoff rankings. No other podcast or outlet has playoff rankings yet. They just call them top twenty-five. Ours are playoff rankings, so we'll get to that. I don't think Oklahoma State should have jumped Michigan State. Well, and, and you have a chance to correct that in your Texas rankings. Has three losses. Um, I will say though, Alex, I have to hold you accountable. Um, you were a little nervous, I think, in the moment in the game because Evan's brother was, you know, asking some nerve-wracking questions in the start of the Michigan State Indiana game. I don't think Indiana is bad. You've told me all year that I'm Indiana glad stinks. I was a little distracted during that, so I wasn't reading every single um, going through it. Folks, Alex has told me all year that Indiana stinks, and I I was wrong about how good Indiana would be, but Alex was like, no, they're terrible, they're terrible, you're wrong. And I wasn't right, but then it was funny. And I wasn't wrong. When he got backed into a corner, he was like, okay, relax, Indiana's not bad. They lost to Cincy, Notre Dame, and Iowa. They're not bad. And I was like, well, that's Cincy, ironic. Cincy, Iowa, and Penn State. <laughs> Like that's ironic. Also, um, I was never thought that Michigan State would lose either. No, I wasn't panicking. I'm solely talking about ahead of what you accountable for your Indiana flip flopping. Wyatt said, "Is Michigan State a fraud in the first quarter of the football game?" <laughs> I mean, Jesus, that's what happens when the Bucknuts. Why, if you're listening, come on, when, when, chill with the, when the Buckeyes. Days. When the Buckeyes put a couple wins together against terrible opponents, then Yeah. Back to Michigan schools. I like to ask this. What would the spread be right now for the game on the 30th? Minus one and a half, Michigan. I was going to say Michigan minus two. Grant, obvious. There are two spots higher in the AP I pool. would say based on looks, Michigan State minus two and a half. Well, we'll see, but I don't think so. Well, technically, well, That's, that, that might be what I think. It should my be. logic and from what I've read um, about like, you know, the spreads. It usually, like, if you're a home team and you're minus three, it's basically because you're home. Yeah. I think it's going to open that. I think, obviously, the Michigan national base is going to move it to, like, pick them, if not their side. But yeah. I think Vegas is not stupid, and I think they're going to throw it at minus two and a half because of that home. I think Michigan will open up as favorites solely because Michigan State has a bye week, and Michigan's going to rumor, well, breaking news, they're going to throttle Northwestern next weekend. And so this could be like recency bias. They might so like the spreads. Or Michigan doesn't play and they move up two spots anyway. So it, no matter what. It's, it's called winning the bye week, man. It's Hopefully you guys can do the same. <laughs> I don't want to hear any complaints if you guys move up two. Michigan. We will lose the bye week next week and drop somehow. Yeah, we Ole will. Miss will jump us. We will drop. That would well, not maybe you guys want well, – you must Who not cares? be Well, technically, you if you do drop, enough. I'm getting what I want, and I want it. I just don't want to be ranked right now. So <laughs> I'm getting what I want. You can't not be ranked okay. seven now. 
Um, it's ridiculous. We don't have to spend too much time on it, but any theories, any rumors you guys have seen of the game time and channel? The, the biggest question on everyone's mind? 7.30 p.m. ABC college game day. That's your call. It all depends on who. It all depends on who Fox gets. If Fox gets Ohio State, Penn State, then there's no way we don't get ABC. Right. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be one of those. Obviously, I think that's a. Yeah. But there's also there's or... is a wrench in all of this. Um, with Fox having the World Series, what time is the World Series going to be on? Nice. And so that could change. Fox like, doesn't have when the Fox there. Game of the Week is going to be right. Because four Fox o'clock. could Fox sneak it in at four if the World Fox's Series. Fox's Game of the Week is going to be at four o'clock. I can guarantee it. I'm comfortable guaranteeing it. Fox's Game of the Week. Now there was guys. Can I give you some big noon? It will be big four. Can I give you some smoke? Which makes, that's a rumor. That is a juicy rumor. Get a bucket, ship it, send it. So like Iowa, Penn State. Yep. Okay. Now, here's a theory that I didn't watch all of game day, so this could be completely invalid, but um, Desmond Howard was on Michigan's campus doing a sit-down interview with Corman Haskins, so there's a lot of smoke that that was being recorded for when they come on game day. But I would like to poke that could just be ran next week because they run – It's probably ran. They run segments when they're not actually at the place of other things. But it would make sense that maybe they were like, okay – Michigan is going to beat Northwestern, and they're banking on Michigan State being Indiana. No, they wouldn't do that because they wouldn't ask the Michigan players about the Michigan State game before they play Northwestern. They just would not do that. I think they and would. I don't it's think Northwestern. Jim Harbaugh is letting the people in the building having them over. He's going to turn Desmond Howard away, but like, not. Nah, he's not man. turning Desmond Howard down. Desmond Howard could walk in there and do whatever. I don't. I I can say that is smoke. There, it could college game day could still be there. I don't think that's what that was for. I like to let the people dream, man. I told you it's going to be college game day, seven o'clock, seven thirty, ABC, Spark Stadium, the Woodshed. East Lansing may burn to the ground. Big Ten teams do not have the option to uh, pivot away from a night game until November. So if they get a night game slotted in October, which this will be, they cannot decline it. I don't think they would, anyways. No, you would be surprised. Michigan State doesn't want that chaos and that much tailgating going on. Please. No fun zone. Well, we have a new AD. So new AD probably wants the new fun zone. Okay. This is also off of, I guess. This is Tucker. No. Oh, please don't start this. No, I'm going to work that in later. But that, that, was, that was a good transition into AD. Sorry, guys. We have to address it. It was talked about. And the smoke's been growing. I don't know if you guys saw, but they already said. They did a Fox thing. Orgeron's not coming back after the year. That's already been stated. Correct. He's done after this season. He's done. Fox is a thing. Bruce Feldman, the man with all. Oh, uh, Bruce, why did you have to do that? He's just plugged in. They asked him, they said, hey, Annie, who are the hot coaching names? Obviously, you got your Mark Stoops, you got your Lane Kiffin causing waves at Ole Miss. And then he drops this bomb that he goes, I've been told by people high up, high up, mysterious figures in LSU's campus that Mel Tucker is their guy. And there is a tsunami, a deep water movement to bring him back to the SEC where. He resides in where, where he's comfortable. Except the fact that he went to college in Wisconsin and played football in the Big Ten. Did. But he also, also coached. His first coaching job was at Michigan Also State. coached under Saban at LSU, Georgia. And at Michigan Alabama. State, and at Ohio State. He recruits that area of the country and at well. Wisconsin. So just enough. Enough of this rumor. Elks. Mel's not leaving. Official statement on Mel Tucker. My official LSU. statement is Mel Tucker will not leave Michigan State to go to LSU, even if LSU offers him the job. Is that just after this year? 
Could be today, tomorrow, next year, two years, he's not leaving. Ever in his life. I won't say ever in his life. I will say within the next three years, he's not leaving Michigan State. Okay, that's a hard, that's a strong I'm official confident. statement. Evan, your, your statement on these rumors. Still on these rumors. I do not like them. I do not like reading about them. It's like uh, you just break up with your uh, girlfriend and uh, you yeah. start scrolling through Instagram and you see her, she's already with somebody new. It's breaking your heart. You're like, no, we were so good together. And I feel like it's like halfway there at that point. Stop, I mean, it's fine. Um, I don't think he's going to leave, but like, I just hate hearing rumors about it. Honestly, I think it's a, um, it's a, a compliment. Yeah. People want our coach. Yeah. And well, yeah, yeah, it is a compliment. It's but a good feeling, but not really. I mean, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling, feeling if he stays. Right. I mean, it doesn't help that half of these rumors are just being like, like the wood getting thrown out to the fires by like Michigan fans. Like, oh, no, yeah. Michigan fans are just LSU's coming oh, from out there. And it's just like, yeah. Yeah, because uh, it feels good. Oh, it doesn't Michigan feel good because like no one wants Jim Harbaugh. But for the years where it was like every NFL team was knocking on his door the first three at Michigan, that didn't feel good. And then they survived um, the Juwan Howard to the NBA scare this last offseason. Well, that's, so. that's going to come every summer. So. Right. So now the shoe's on the other foot. It's fun yeah, to call. Yeah, you know? but Mel ain't leaving. Right. Like he didn't leave Colorado. Yeah. I think we just Colorado's a Colorado's Colorado. Right, well, I'm just saying there's a track record. That's a there's a reason to leave Colorado. There's <laughs> there's at this moment you don't need to leave. Okay, I'm gonna ask you this uh, question. Just, Is like, LSU a better job? We just like get up the plans for like the football brand new football facility. Like if we get those like start the construction like tomorrow, like I'll start digging the whole. Plans are approved. Room. They just gotta like stop. we get. Like we start Evan, the construction Evan process, I don't think you'll like leave. <laughs> I think it's gonna come down to money. I think. And it was a good timing that they released the salaries of all the head coaches um, this past weekend. I was looking through. Actually, stunning when you realize on the chart how little Jim Harbaugh gets paid now. I think that might have motivated him. Jim Brown gets more than uh, dude. Mel Tucker? No. Mel Tucker is... Yeah. He gets, Mel Tucker's averaging like six. He's 13. He's 5.6 mil now. 5.6. Edo is 8.6. So if they were like, hey, Edo got that contract right. after winning a national championship. Correct. But if they were like, hey, Mel, 7.5, LSU, keys to a brand new Cadillac, come on down. I don't know. That would be the only thing. But I'm telling you, I think that he's going to, that much stronger Michigan State to forking up over $7 million for Mel Tucker, which I'm sure you guys We already have a it. massive buyout for Mel Tucker, apparently. It's $19 not, million. That's humongous. That's you know how much money boosters have? Just ask Texas how it is. I, I Jimbo Fisher's buyout is ninety five million. Just if you ever want to like think about that. Christ. Um, what well, else is twenty million? I really do think Mel believes he can build something in East Lansing. He talks about it all the time, and you know, there's coaches speaking. Whatever. I think he actually thinks he can do it in East Lansing, and I don't think he's going to leave. Not not after. Not after going seven and out to start your season, and you're just now getting your program going. I don't think he wants to ditch. What again. if it ends bad? What What is ending bad? Going nine and three. Yeah, that's not bad. That's For his standards, I'm sure he just say it's bad. That's a great step when half your players. Are it's not his first players. year; it's his year and a half. And plus, the only confident thing about him not leaving is like there's other really good candidates out there for LSU. They don't need. Um, oh, I'll say, and for Michigan State, if he does leave, Luke Fickle will will do that. Luke Fickle's Luke Fickle's going out west. But that's just a done. Get James Franklin um, MSU. 
I do not want that fraud <laughs> of a coach. He is bad. Um, Starting quarterback, Spencer Rattler. Like, I think LSU is like forgetting, like, okay, I don't know if Joe Brady would leave, um, but he is like so heartily one of the reasons why he won. you won the national championship. It had nothing to do with Coach O. That's a great point. Like, the offense and the only reason you were good that year is because of the play calling. Oh, I agree. Um, Joe Brady should get it. But their high-ups want Mel Tucker. Just stop. I understand. <laughs> and Dave Aranda. Um, the defense coordinator, well, yeah, was the just defense coordinator when he won the national championship. He's doing a fantastic job at Baylor turning that program around. I don't think he's good. All right. I think the common thing here that I would say is that coaches aren't just jumping one year often. I mean, Dave Mel did it. For, this is like his he second year. Program. Wow. <laughs> Colorado's bro. one and four. They suck. He was building something there. Yeah, he start, He got that team ranked in his first season. Have you ever seen the view behind their stadium? It's gorgeous. Place sucks. I just had. I'm not. I just had. I wouldn't be. A, we would not be a legit podcast if I did not ask the question. It was a massive story in the world of sports. And if he leaves, I will be extremely devastated. You'll be cursing him. No, I mean, it will. It will feel. I wasn't really like coherent when Nick Saban left Michigan State, but I'm sure it'll feel very similar. Well, that's high praise for Mel Tucker. I will not curse at Mel Tucker. I won't. You're doing something that better your professional life and better your family. I will right. not curse again. I do agree. With and that's why, guys, I'd like to let you guys know that I will be joining 97 won the ticket on Monday. Um, podcast is done. Just no, kidding. podcast will continue <laughs> with the duo of Lethal Tickle and me. Um, now, that was a joke. But last we'll stat. hire someone new. Last stat here. Threatening us like Surprising Saturday salary talk. Brett Bielema, Mike Norvell, and Tom Allen all make more money than Jim Harbaugh now. Deserved. So. Brett Bielema does? Yeah. So, Evan. No wonder why he tried to get the Michigan State job. And I also, oh, Evan, I have a new answer. Oh, we almost I knew, do that. I have a clear-cut answer, Evan, for who is the most overrated coach in college football now after I saw the salary chart. Can you? I'll give you, you two guesses. It's not my most overrated. Coach. No, because I I don't think Jim can be anymore because he's he's not. I mean, we're talking about pay wise. This is, is only this year that Jim has taken the pay. Right, so now he's no longer overrated. Fine, you can't call him overrated. Well, yeah, this is oh, this is his not, new contract. No, Technically, it is his new contract. Right, so he cannot be overrated. Um, is it? I mean, look well, at the names. Oh, I mean, my rankings is Ed Ogeron and then Jim Harbaugh. So is it James Franklin? No. Oh, you're probably going to say it's Scott Frost. No. Oh, well. Um, and it makes sense because this guy is so vanilla boring that people don't even remember he exists. Jimbo Fisher? David Shaw at Stanford. He's a good coach. He's getting like $9 million, nine point something. Yep, million. he is the third highest paid football coach in the country, and his teams are like around 500, a little bit better, if at best, the last few years. But I think it's totally because Stanford's goals. never had like when a you good move winning on program that, that they're just happy that they found something. Stanford was like no, an no, I get it. garbage football I'm, I get it. I'm just telling you right now, he's the most overrated coach in college football. And he makes bad he makes bad game management calls every single week. And I see them from people on national Twitter of how bad he is. He's about to be the Raiders head coach, so. Oh, my gosh. No. You don't mean it. I won't be shocked when it happens. Dude, Stanford is not good. Any other questions or are we moving? Oh, I have a lot. Because we are going. Oh, I know. Buckle up. We're at an hour and a half. Okay. Well, there was a delay. You had to get Yeah, but the previews are nothing this week. I promise you the previews are nothing this week. I hope so. I hope it's Michigan wins by a lot. Yeah, let's get in. This is the the most fun part of the show. All right. Percent. percent. Let me hit you with a question. 
Is it the one I have? No. Okay. Um, Michigan, the rest of the season. Okay. No. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State. Yeah. If you had, you have to say confidently, what is your record in those three games? You don't get to say any background or anything. Just give me the record. Just so I can get my head around where we're at before we continue. One and two. All right. That was now my experiment. Get it. What are the percent chance? So percent chance, we'll start with 0 and 3. Of those remaining three uh, big games for the, for school. So obviously Michigan State is Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. Michigan, same thing. Just insert Michigan State instead. What is the percent chance that Michigan State goes 0 and 3 in those remaining games? 35%. 0-3 versus 3 and 0 or just 0-3 in general? Just 0-3. What well, is the percent chance they go 0-3? In those three high-profile games. 35. So if they played those three teams like 10 times, they would lose all three, about three of them. Three and a half times. Got it. Uh, 0-3, I would say, I'll say 45% chance. That's about what I was thinking. I'll, I'll go... Straight coin flip. I'd say if they played those three times with so thirty games, basically, I would say about like half. I could half of the simulations I could see where they lose all three, and that is just like with fully healthy teams, obviously. Because like my answer with that, I've I read there was smoke on game day that um, from your guys' best friend, the Bear, who also we didn't mention yeah, that. That guy is terrible. He picks against, he picks against State, State every, week. every week. and they, he, He's trying to hedge Michigan State because he went on to the podcast and said it would be a miracle for Michigan State to win over four and a half games. And also, Michigan State had no business covering that game, but they still covered. So he lost that as well because it was minus four when he had it on game day. What a bomb that guy is. Now, and that, saying that out loud, when we, remind me, when we get back to Michigan-Michigan State rivalry week, the biggest factor of who wins that game is what the Bear says. If that is on his card and he's picking Michigan, you can kiss it goodbye. Michigan's... <laughs> <laughs> we will win the game. <laughs> if Bears like, oh, this is Michigan, they're finally gonna, you know, do it. We're screwed. Um. Anyways, it's okay. So fifty now for Michigan percent chance they go zero three versus the three remaining schools. Thirty five. I don't think it's any different. I'll go fifty again. Yeah, I'll go fifty. Now three and zero percent chance Michigan State goes three and zero versus the remaining big three schools. Seven percent. Fifteen percent. I'll go 10%. I'll go 12. I'll split you guys. Yeah. I think we all agree it's pretty unlikely. My answer is the same for Michigan. Same for Michigan? 10%. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You never know what could happen in a college football game, but like if you're looking at it right now collectively, all teams are healthy, I would say 15%. And plus, you have to look at where the games are being played. Yeah. This really comes down to I don't think either team can be Ohio State. Oh, I didn't say my rumor that they think that Clifford will be back for sure by the Ohio State game. Mm. Bummer. And he'll be back, I believe, this week because they played this week as well. I think he's going to be back for a warm-up game, and then he'll be back for Ohio State. Good so. for I, I would say yes. I think that rumor could stay true solely because he was like on the sideline just like standing there. Yeah, because I didn't finish during it. Iowa, we, during the Iowa game. We got carried away with the Bear stuff, but the Bear said that he had sources, like he has sources deep within Penn State's program that said that Clifford's training in the right direction for this week and also will be fine by Ohio State. He needs to trust him. Win games. I don't know. I feel like he does at least. He's <laughs> bad at picking games, but he sure knows people in college football. Um, 
this other, I also want to ask you guys, similar to how we asked about if we're enjoying the season enough or we're, we're going to make sure we don't say the phrase, um, or our expect like our expectations change like they still had a good season considering what we thought uh this is a narrative i would like to get out in front of and i'm not saving it for rivalry because like if this happens which is unlikely eh, no there's a chance there's a 10 percent chance this happens basically no because what we just said mm, well you can get it you can sneak into the cfp other ways even if you don't have to win all three um percent or no this this phrase i can already foresee this happening if, the, if this does so let's say it doesn't matter who wins michigan or michigan state Let's say the team that loses that game controls their own destiny somehow, figures it out, where they end up going to the college football playoff. Can we make an agreement on this podcast that the, the that team that won the 30th matchup is not going to say, oh, well, we beat you on the 30th, so we're better? The team in the playoff is the team that's better. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> it's uh, tough. I don't for sure. Like, well, it we is beat tough you on the because if the team that makes the playoff <clears throat> makes it on a bunch of, like, loony things where they didn't play in the big so basically one of these teams wins and that team loses in the big 10 championship game and then the other team makes the playoff no that that would suck no so they're because that's not a guarantee that's not how it happens if that's how it happens then i'm like well i don't know the team had to play that's different i was thinking if the team lost one two games and then it's like a tie and then they won the big 10 yeah and then get blown out in the playoff then i'm gonna be having questions again it's hard, but I'm just, I'm, I will not do it. I won't do it if it happens. Either way, even if it's my team. Evan might. I can see it on his face. I I definitely will. I definitely would say it. Would you say it as a joke? As a Michigan it? State fan, I would say it. As a podcast fan, as a podcaster, analyst, college football analyst, I would not say it. it would it, would it be, it be in a joking sense or like serious? I think be mainly just trolling. I would be in a complete serious mindset <laughs> when I get a text saying, no, Michigan made the playoffs. I'd be like, no, Michigan State beat you. We are better than you. So, Evan, what if, hypothetically, Michigan State beats Michigan and gets their doors blown off by Penn State and Ohio State and then Michigan blows out both of them? Whoa, well, let's not get crazy. No, that's that's a big example. No, I think just wins. No, below. And I always like thinking about this. While I think about the question, I was like, "Well, we are not better than Penn State and Ohio State. You guys are, but we are better than you." <laughs> that's what I will say. I love that. Be like we were better than you on that day, and that's all that matters. We yes, we won. We beat you that day. Sorry, we don't play twice in the year, but we beat you. <laughs> okay, it would be hard now. This leads into the next thing perfectly because there's a serious. Chances happen. So if we don't know the answer to this question, we're going to need to do homework before it, we need to know it. Tie break sustains in the Big Ten East. How the f- does that work? Head to head first. Right. I'm saying when there's a there's an orgy. There, there, of, well, there could be a three way tie for right. the Big Ten East. It starts with this. Could there, be a, could, there be a, could there be a four way? Guys, want to listen? I know this. I've Penn State beats Michigan. Michigan beats Michigan State. Michigan State beats Ohio State. Ohio State beats Penn State. No, because Penn State lost to Iowa. Okay, so three-way tie. Here it is. Head-to-head is the first overall indicator. So that's all time because we have three. We have okay. three one teams. Then it goes to overall record. So if you lost a game in a non-conference, poop. Ohio State. Ohio, Ohio State. State would be out. Then, See then it goes to Michigan State. Michigan will just be the winner of them if they have the same record. So then it goes back it to goes head-to-head. Back to that. Back to head. Goes back to head-to-head. Oh, so that game matters a lot. And if no one, if they all have the same overall record, which in this case. They could. It could be Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Um, it would go to 
record against the teams that are all tied. So your record against those teams. So that's what I'm going to be. And if they're all the same again, which I don't think they can be. That was sweaty, and I still don't really know what's going on. So, like, if there's a four-way tie between Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Wait, I got it. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let me try. Let me try. Let me try, Coach. Um, if it's a three-way tie between Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, it basically comes down to who won the Michigan-Michigan State game. Yes, because Ohio State will have nine conferences. And then if it comes down to Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Penn State goes because they would have been 3-0 and against the big three. Yes. Also, this used to be a thing. I don't know if it still is. It would be. There's a way to go down the tiebreakers if you had to keep going that it, it is determined by current college football playoff ranking. Whoever's the highest. I don't think you can get to that scenario because we all play each other. I think the only re- way this would be chaos, chaos, is if... Well, no, because Ohio State would still have an extra loss. I'm saying if all, all. I like, guess what could team, happen if each team trips up against a team they should beat, yes. and everyone has two losses. But if Ohio State had two losses in conference, they're still out because they have three total losses. Yes. So they're they're not out, but they're out in a tiebreaker. When situation. they run the table and win every game, they're going to be in. If. However, yes, when, if you if Michigan State loses to Purdue <laughs> and Michigan loses Northwestern and Penn State loses to Maryland and Ohio State loses someone else terrible. And then they all beat each other up. Then, then there'll be absolute chaos. I love that. Then we don't have to worry about it because none of buddy would get in. And then right. no one's making the playoffs. So it'd be the SEC tournament. So. Right. Okay. Now my final question and probably most important question. Wait. Okay. Did you know Michigan State now has added another ranked team to their schedule? The Purdue Boilermakers are back in the AP Top 25 for the first time in 14 years. Are they really? No, good They're for them. 25th. They pulled out. David Bell is a star. Michigan State's guys 25th. David Bell's a star. Really good. Okay. Hey, Minnesota beat them. Let's not forget. Minnesota is the only team that controls their destiny in the Big Ten West. Really? Yeah. No, that's wild. I know. Roll the boat, Scotty Mako, Gophers. PJ Fleck on the hot seat might win the Big Ten West. He's not on the hot seat. He they do have one conference. So they have one conference losses. Controlling your own destiny. This is Ohio State. Yeah, it's a Big Ten East loss, so they still get every West team. They beat all the West teams there. Yeah, they won't, but that is good to know. They did lose to Bowling Green. And, and as we mentioned about the tiebreakers, that can Well, happen. Iowa still controls their own destiny. Wrong. They win with the rest of the games. Wrong. Why? Well, because Purdue technically has the tiebreaker over them. Correct. Purdue only has one Purdue conference Purdue could loss. win out, and they would be Big Ten West champs. Dude, that side of the conference doesn't even matter. Well, it matters for when we play them. <laughs> no. One of our schools. It doesn't. because the those, conference championship game. All those teams stink out loud. What's your final question? My final question is, before our playoff rankings, do not let me forget that. Again, previews will be non-existent. Respect card. I wrote it down. Um, it's already started because, and it makes sense, because... Michigan State has a bye week, so basically it's two weeks of rivalry week hatred. It's already Michigan basically has two weeks of it because again you're playing JV team in Northwestern. Um, but the, the Michigan fans were out in force while Michigan State was playing Indiana. As we enter this stretch, are you guys comfortable saying? I'm gonna ask you this again. Take note of what I'm saying. I'm not saying do you like Michigan. I know you guys don't. I'm not asking you anything like do you think they have a good team. Not asking that. I know what you're asking. Do you respect Michigan? 
Do you respect, respect his do you res- not their program, loaded. not their history? Do you respect the current team, the team they have this season? Yes, I'm, I'm talking about the we're talking about the team in between the lines. Do you respect them? Yes, I do respect them. Okay, that feels good. I don't know why, but that warms my heart. I, I you have to respect them. They're a quality opponent. Um, yeah, Alex is trying undefeated. to think like he's just been like I don't respect. From when players. I watched the Nebraska game, um, their front seven is athletic. Their defensive coordinator's new energetic. He's not going to be stubborn in his play calling. Um, they got good players and they have good assistant coaches. So I respect yeah, that. Evan, respect Evan, that. That's what Evan was clarifying. He said, on the lines. In between the lines. The people that are involved in between the lines, I respect. And they took their jerseys off and wore different ones. And I didn't know that they were Michigan. I would respect them. Like if they were Virginia Tech, you'd be like, all right, Virginia Tech's going to be a test at home. Yeah, I would respect. I don't need to know. If I just saw their players and they didn't have a team affiliation, I would respect them. I respect the shit out of Michigan State. I want you guys to know that before the hate starts. <laughs> There's going to be no hate on this And podcast. this whole narrative that Michigan fans are spinning, that like it's soft to admit you're scared of that game, I'm scared out of my mind. It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be like... I was golfed with Cody on Friday, and we were talking about the game, and I told him I'm already nervous for the yeah. first you're playing a good team. I hate I'm excited. That. I'm super excited. I don't think I am. I think I'd rather not play. No, because you're going to find so, out. Like, No, I would rather not play the game. Like, I'm losing <laughs> years off my life just thinking about this game. Like, I wish you guys were on the West. Be like, oh, well, hopefully we play in the Big Ten Championship. That would be cool. Well, I'm glad we all respect each other. Respect is out. Um, I won't be able to stand that, that, that game. I, I'll puke. The problem is I'm going to be in the stadium and I'm not going to be able to do my normal pacing. And it's going to be problematic. Yep. Well, I could, I guess I could pace in the student section. I'm going to be standing the whole game. I hope no boomers get mad. I, I might go through like four or five melty moment sandwiches. <laughs> stress eating. Just, just I stress guess eating. the only other question I have is, are, do you get hammered for that kind of game? Or like, no, because you want to be locked in. <laughs> this is what I, I was, I thought about this too. I said, this okay, is really important. I was like, how drunk was I for the Nebraska game? All right, Evan, you don't remember getting into the stadium. Like, you know, some some plays might be a little bit blurry for the Nebraska game. I can't be that way for the Michigan game. I need to remember every single second, every single detail of that game. Yeah, I don't know. it might be. But you'll rewatch it if, if you're hammered. You you for sure rewatch it. So like, it's not like you're gonna not remember. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I might just take intricate notes during the game, so I'm like focused on that and not actually like my feelings. Oh my god, I'm gonna be. I might just pretend I'm actually a college national college reporter. <laughs> Any fan either side of the fan base says they're not nervous. They're probably just not real football. Yeah, like let's. We don't have to be tough alpha males. Like yeah, like, both I, teams are good I, as hell. The game's on the road. I'm super nervous to play Michigan State. If that doesn't make me a Michigan fan, then I don't. I don't know. I'm dreading. I don't want to be one if that makes me not one because I'm nervous. I'm actually dreading the game, especially after how last year went. Like I can't stomach another loss. This feels like the biggest Michigan Michigan State game. It is. That is a good question. Is this the biggest Michigan State I think we can talk about that next week. It 100% course. is. But I have a problem. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm, we probably should. We probably should. Okay. Next week, huh? Before well, we move on to our non-existent previews, essentially, give me – I'll go first. I'll start us off. College football playoff rankings, the first ones in the nation to from, sh- from Shaw Michigan Sports. Like one to what? One to ten. Just the top ten. Okay. Georgia, number one, college football playoff. The number two team in Grant's rankings is Alabama. Okay. Again, these are my rankings. I need to write this down. Number three in the country, Oklahoma, college football playoff. New quarterback, new mojo. 
Number 14 in the country, Ohio State Buckeyes. Number five team in the country. Number five team. Um, I even hate to slot him in here, but my cousin goes there now, and I don't want to piss him off in case he somehow sees us. I'm going to put in Cincinnati. I, I, and I, they jumped up from past ones because they beat UCF really easily. UCF is not what they were, but it was a handed, handedly beating. So that was good for them. Number six, Michigan. You could call them six and a half at this point. You could call them whatever. You can call them co-sixes, but I just can't. Michigan State. I think they're the exact same in my mind. If they could share the six line, they would. <laughs> um, hmm. So we're at eight. Number eight. Now, I want this on the record. This team would be ahead of both Michigan schools if I knew 100% for sure their quarterback was healthy. That'd be Penn State. I think they're a better football team than Michigan and Michigan State at this moment. I just don't know about their quarterback. Again, folks, they would have beaten Iowa by 20-plus, and that's still impressive because even though Iowa's not that good, they would, be, they would have killed them like Purdue did. So you'd be like, all right, Penn State's sweet. But their quarterback got hurt, and they played basically a wide receiver. Number nine. So where it gets kind of funky, I can have fun here. I'm going to go Oklahoma State. I'm going to reward them for beating um, Texas, and no one else gives Oklahoma State respect. Well, I guess AP did because they jumped over you guys, which is crazy. Uh, they did that. And then 10, you know what? The Kentucky Wildcats for playing Georgia, oh. for playing Georgia tough for about a quarter and a half. And I'm biased. You ready? Yeah. Georgia. I'm going to make a graphic of these, so think about that. Instagram and TikTok are going to come for your guys' throats. I didn't put any thought into this. Georgia, number one. Right. Alabama, number two. I Copycat league. Here. Ohio State, three. Oh, disrespect. Sooners, four with the new QB. Dude, he's so good. Yeah. Yeah, he's, no, he's unbelievably good. He's pretty good. He's like Kyler Murray. I agree. Cincinnati at this moment in time has to be five. Right? Feels bad saying it, doesn't I don't it? Like saying that. Can't believe they're number two in the country right now. I'll go Michigan State six. Michigan seven. As you should. Basically, both sixes. Yeah, and then I'll go. <sighs> Penn State eight. I guess. Just, it's hard not to go it's similar to what you did. Evan, you hate you hate James Franklin. I, I know. Fiery passion. Nine. Evan, you can have fun here. I gotta see the list of teams here. Give Kenneth Walker's old school some love. No, they're not. <laughs> Texas A&M. Might do something crazy. Texas A&M could have been mine. Alright, I'm going Ole Miss nine. You're just mad at Oklahoma State for jumping you. Yeah, I'm not putting them in. The but they didn't in the coaches' poll, and you guys should care about the coaches' poll. I'm not putting them in the top 10. They're undefeated. And then number 10, I will put maybe just to, to stir the pot here. Give me the Baylor Bears, number 10. Okay. <laughs> They're pretty good, dude. They're pretty solid. They're not as good as Oklahoma State, but. You'll see. You were just. Well, they already played. You have, you have a vengeance. And they already played. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'd State. like to change my rankings and I'll put Oklahoma State. Back. Okay, thank God. But Baylor's 11. All right, Evan. Uh, number one, Georgia. Right. National champions for 2022. Just put that down already. Uh, uh, number two, three, Oklahoma. Three, oh, Alabama. Four, Cincinnati. Five, Ohio State. Reading the AP poll. No, no. since he's two. 
Which is a weird question. Like, are they ever going to drop? Do they start dropping ever or no? Oh, I thought. Well, I guess oh, this isn't coaches, CFP. The coach's poll is more accurate, honestly. Well, I am an analyst slash coach, so I. Right. Probably, this is the first playoff rankings, folks. Um, number six, uh, Michigan. Seven, Michigan State. Asterix, I don't want Michigan State to be ranked, but I did it for these purposes because everybody below 10, I don't like. Okay. Agreed. Um, I'll make sure to put that in the graph. Well, I do like Mike Gundy, but I just don't know about Oklahoma State yet. They're off um, Seven's Michigan State. Number eight is Oregon. Nine, uh, number nine is Ole Miss. And number 10 is the Chanticleers from Coastal Carolina. Penn State is not in your top 10 in Coastal Carolina. Penn State is frauds. Yeah, but I'll tell you right now. Sean Clifford is not that good. I'll tell you right now. Coastal Carolina plays in the Big Ten East. They're no better than Indiana. I tell you right now, they're beating Penn State on a neutral side. Their play calling would be better than Indiana's, I'll tell you that. They're They're not. They're at best like fifth in the Big Ten. Evan, that's it's tough. I I, I know you're hating for Penn State. I'm looking at their schedule. They've they've beaten every team they're asking. Clifford again. If Clifford's out, I would beat Auburn too, who is looking pretty good. Blew out Arkansas. Handled Indiana. They won twenty four zip against the Hoosiers. Penix got injured halfway through. It was a fireball, and they were on their way to winning by three touchdowns against Iowa. All right, but that's why. Or did they? Did 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 they? Evan, is there any reason that maybe you like Coastal Carolina more because of, you know, the fact you have a t-shirt? Um, no comment on this time. That's not because I have the t-shirt. I is it because of uh, another friend? Offensive. No, offensive scheme. They are very good and talented. Offensive scheme. Their defense wouldn't hold up in the Big Ten. No, that's what a lot of people said last year, and then they shut down Zach Wilson and went number two overall. And that is a terrible example because BYU stinks. Mm, okay. No, I respect it. I respect that you put him in the top ten. They have you were going to put Baylor at ten. I was. And I think <laughs> Baylor would beat Coastal Carolina. I think it would be a close game. I think Coastal Carolina might be able to do it. Can Coastal Carolina score more than seven points against Georgia? I, I, there's not many teams that can. But do you think they could? Like, I don't know if Michigan State will be able to score seven points against Georgia. Have you seen their explosive plays when they're fleet flicker? We could get one <laughs> touchdown, I think. And that would probably be our only points of the game. I'm so confused. I'm, my brain's in a pretzel. I was trying to do some research for the preview, and now I don't... What are you trying to learn? How many, like, when they do, like, your team is... I'm looking, and... Like, if a team's 232nd in the country in a stat, there are not that many D1 football teams. So No, there's, like, 162. Are they doing it out of, like, FCS? Probably Division One. It's probably Division One football. Okay, let me see. Who cares? Let's get on. I here. care. Michigan no, just... Northwestern, Evan. Give me the dirty deets of this game. Here we go. Michigan Northwestern. Big new kickoff. Um... Can I get a little... I forgot how I did that. Now, it's not a big game, so you don't have to really hurt yourself, but... It's just a big new kickoff. Big new no kickoff! It's because there's no good game week this week, and ESPN still has no idea where they're going for college game day. Michigan minus 21 and a half. Over under 50. 50 seems high. I would sprinkle under there. Michigan might score 50 themselves. They might score 48, and Northwestern might score zero. Evan, um, thoughts? 
Yeah, I, I think Michigan's going to be able to run the ball at will. This is a Northwestern team that has been shown throughout the entire year that can't stop the run. That's the stat I have to back it up. Again, I'm not sure how many schools this is out of, but I know it's not just FBS because there's more schools than that in FBS. But according to the score app, they give up 205.7 rush yards per game. Yikes. That's 232nd out of however many teams that it's out of. That's bad. Yeah, and Michigan's coming off of bye week and at home. <laughs> <clears throat> they're going to have fresh legs. Watch out for the Wildcats in this one. My only real question, no, the only it. real concern for this game, the only thing that matters is if this game is closer than it should be, what is Grant's spin zone? There is there's a couple. And it can't be. No, think. There, there's a couple spin zones. Oh, my God. I almost did something bad. <laughs> to continue, I'm sorry. I got distracted. I was reading this. <laughs> okay. What's my spin zone? Evan, do you have one? Like, if this game is closer than it should be, Rutgers beat. What are my spin they zones? They beat Rutgers. Your so spin zone is the easiest spin zone of all. Time. There's a couple. No, it's one and only one. Oh, they're looking ahead to next week. That, that's right. what you gotta say. That's everybody, my feel like yeah, yeah. you are yeah. right. Yeah. They are looking forward to next week. Now, if you want to get really, no, they're not because Michigan doesn't view Michigan State as a rival. Who says that? Oh, spin zone, spin zone. No, if you want to get deep in that spin zone. Like, let's say the play calling looks stale. They're saving, saving it all. It saving week. it all for that game. <laughs> next week. Yeah. Now, if the defense yeah. gets torched, then I have no spin zones for that. Because they should then be you sleepwalking. Just, then you just suck. Then you pray. Uh, but no, it should be a massacre. How much will J.J. McCarthy play? That's, That's also a good storyline to look. Is like, how does that? But obviously, I don't think they're going to let him throw much because they're still trying to hide all that for the Michigan State game. You know what I mean? No, but no. If you're trying to get him to start, like some Michigan fans want, who's a better quarterback – not coach speak anymore. You're coming off of a bye. You're six games in. I think if he's going to start, I think this would be the game to try it. The, to start the game. Agreed. I don't think. Well, be, yeah. okay. Instead yeah. of, let's not do start. Because start's a dumb stat because if you just play one snap and get out, like, do you think like over 50% of the snaps? Because that's like the starter. He's, a, he's the primary quarterback. I don't think this. I think this. I think this would be the game to try. If it was going to happen, it happens this week. No, I don't think they will do it. Absolutely not. I don't think they'll do it. I don't think he's done anything to lose his job. But if in Michigan's minds, back in August, they say, "Okay, we're going to build JJ McCarthy up for the season, and we're going to have Cade start until what game?" And then they're going to look at their schedule and say, "We have a bye week right here, and we play Northwestern next." I think this is the game we can do it. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I'd be stunned. Poop. I'm not saying they made up their mind after the Nebraska win. I'm saying they no. made up their mind back in August saying, what game do we think we could get J.J. ready to start? Oh, like if things went bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is funny. Like, they definitely should just keep doing what they're doing. But the more you see Caleb Williams turn out, and I'm not comparing J.J. at all to them, but I'm just saying that's like – be atrocious. No, but I'm just saying like you see that situation unfolding. Like, ugh, it makes me – it just keeps those naughty thoughts in the back of my head even brighter. They're like, oh, look at look at that talent from Caleb Williams. Like, what if that's just half that's just sitting on Michigan's bench? Must win meters. Oh, it's a fire someone if they lose. Solely because they, they it is a fire someone if they lose because your rest of your season's ruined because of it. It's fire Jim Harbaugh has lost. Can we change it to that? No, I'd say fire like Michigan State fans get the pick because it's messing up the seven zero matchup. Fire Jim Harbaugh has lost. That's what I would like to be on the win meter this week. But keep all the assistance that he brought. <laughs> yeah, it's a good young talent assistance. Gaddis can go with him. And score predictions. Oof. I'll go first. 31-3. Final. 
I don't think Michigan's going to land the crazy. The I think they'll just, just run it out. Go ahead, Grant. If you have a sports prediction, go ahead. Um, so I'll, take the I'm doing oops, a little research. Oops, oops, I messed up. I messed up. What? That's not their whole schedule. They lost to Duke. They lost to Michigan State. They barely beat Indiana State. They beat Butkers. Um, fifty-nine to seven, Michigan. Yes, that's three points more than Nebraska scored, and we beat Nebraska by three. <laughs> Good analytics. I will say forty-eight to ten. <laughs> Hammer the over. Oh, I just think Michigan's going to keep the playbook very tight this week. You're thinking like inside zone, halfback dives, and C14. And it'll work over and over again. And they just will want to show as little as possible before the big, big dog game. The game that makes you nervous. Um, will Michigan State win their bye week? Yeah. I think some guys will get healthy I and we will be hope so. ready. By that, will they move up a spot in the poll? Yeah. No. Yes, because someone will lose. But the brand, though, you always say it doesn't help you. Well, you'll move guys. up four spots. We'll move up one. That's kind of how the trend is. Well, some go. crazy things would have to happen if, if, if they moved up four. Uh, honestly, though, probably not. I don't think any of the teams have. There's, like, no good games again. Oklahoma plays Kansas. Iowa State could be Oklahoma State. That would be nice. All right, we'll move up one spot. Okay. And then outside of that, you're right. There are no good games. And when Michigan loses, we'll move up two. <laughs> All right, lastly, um, Lions, Lions, Rams. Only question I have is, Evan, who are you going to be rooting for in this game? Be honest with us. I will be cheering for the Lions to play well. I don't have anybody in fantasy. Um, and I will be cheering for my quarterback to play very well. Matt Stafford. I didn't say who it was. I just said my quarterback. I'll be rooting for DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. Don't care if the Lions win. I will be cheering for Matthew Stafford there. I said it. I actually don't care if the Lions win. So, Evan, is your dream scenario like Lions 49-48 win? No, dream scenario is the reverse. Rams 49-48 win. And Uh, a ton of points for – Because you're a Lions fan because you want the number one pick. I want the number one pick. I'm looking out for their future. But honestly, now, Evan, we could – Get the 15th pick and still get our guy Sam Howell down there. Dang. Must win meter. <laughs> what? Must win meter on this game. I think it's a. I'm expecting the worst. So expecting loss. I think it should be fire. They won what, 39? I actually, I'm going to change it for this one. I'm going to change it to expecting an embarrassment. <laughs> uh, I would say it is. The it would be the most improbable win in my lifetime. Is that too much? Mm. What was the score last year against Tampa Bay? Oh uh, god, disgusting! Like, oh god, nine to seven. Yeah, I'm expecting that type of game. Uh, I'm gonna go Optimus Grant. Low key, think they could win. I'm gonna go expecting to <laughs> get obliterated. Because honestly, guys, the worst. I've figured out this Rams team. I'm not sure enough people are talking about this. You just have to triple team Cooper Cup. That's all you have to do. They destroyed whoever they played today. Yeah, because Cooper Cup did everything. You just double team. And they beat Seattle. Cooper Cup. And Robert Woods had a career game. So <laughs> shut up. You're wrong. <laughs> That's a little mean. You let Robert Woods beat you, though. You, you dare Bobby Trees to beat you. You Robert don't let Woods Cooper Cup beat you. a good player. 
He's better than every receiver on the Lions. Correct. That's not saying much. You'd say no yeah, lot. I mean, I even saying, threw out a tweet that Evan told me Amon of St. Brown was going to be some superstar. I'm waiting for it. I'm still waiting. Dude, he's doing well, the best he can. We got baby hands thrown into him. If we had some stud. <laughs> oh, easy now. Something different. Um, anything else on that game, guys? It's going to be 49. Oh, score prediction. If Evan lined up at Q and me and you lined up at wideout, do we at least score a field goal in this game? No. <laughs> I think we do. I think we do. Oh, I think oh, we have better oh. chemistry. We I, have better chemistry. I, I, I've, seen Grant, I've seen Grant catch a ball over the middle. I think he's Guys, good. how the hell are Grant and I going to get open on Jalen Ramsey? Okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it's the other corner. Run it back. Jaylen, I'm not going to get off the line of scrimmage. Jalen Ramsey. But you don't, don't be on the line of scrimmage. You're in the slot, so you can't get Jalen. We get Amon Rosane Brown. Little motion routes, you know, so you can't get them all up in your grill. We get Amon Rosane Brown and Hawk because we Dude. need Jalen Ramsey to go off. Evan will be dead in the first quarter from Aaron, one Aaron Donald. <laughs> no, he gets he gets Decker back and um, Ragnall's coming if back. Aaron Donald gets one free run and Evan he's dead. <laughs> I think I can take one hit. I this podcast hit. will have two people forever after that moment when Evan gets killed by Aaron Donald <laughs> like on TV. Swallowed into Aaron Donald's belly. It would be great content. You know, I think I'd do it for the brand. And then when Grant, <laughs> then when Grant and I. Catch a pass, and we're running up the middle of the field. Aaron Donald chases us down and kills us, too. We'll all be dead because we'll never survive a hit from him. We'll be dead. I think I could take one hit. A free run? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, if, I, if it's a blind tight and he just, like, spares me, oh, dead. I'm sorry. You'll see my body just go from, like, my soul will leave my body. But if I see it coming, like, you can kind of brace for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, Evan, like, barrel rolling into his knees. I can safely say I'd be standing in the slot every play just, like, Pain a little bit in my pants. <laughs> Evan, we could, I could definitely catch a five-yard out from Evan. There's no doubt. Does Evan have the arm strength for that? Yeah, we're near side. We're short side of the field. We're yeah, short sure. side of the field, baby. Evan can't make that man throw. the St. Grant in the motion, the two guys on the short side, they just run a rub route, throw it to Grant, five yards, boom. You can throw me a screen pass. I'll get two yards. That'd be good for me. At the point in PPR, baby. <laughs> PPR yep. God. Okay. Follow the show. What? No, score prediction. Oh, we didn't do that? No. 42-10. I'm expecting the worst. 49-7-7? 42-10. With a TJ Hawkinson touchdown. Do you guys not realize how scrappy our defense has been recently? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> See how bad our offense has been recently? Um, Jalen Ramsey might score two touchdowns. 35-10. to 10. Generous. The spread's got to be two touchdowns on this It might game. be three. It might be the biggest spread. It probably hasn't came out yet. No, it's not going to be worse than Bills Texans. It's going to be twenty and a half. No, it's going to be two, at least two touchdowns. Um, but while you guys look at that, follow the show at Shot of MS everywhere. TikTok <sighs> is it bad, Evan? Spread right now. I was right. The spread right now is fifteen and a half currently. Oof. Yeah, we opened at fifteen. Oof. That's bad. It's gone. And they're hammering it up. They're like, that's too low. That's too low. This team stinks. Oh my god. Is it at home? Yeah. In the den. Rams. Wait. You it's in LA. Oh right. It'd be a bigger deal if he was returning. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Scary stadium. Rams house. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, shout out MS, Harlow's and Apple Pod, Spotify, YouTube. Write and review on all platforms. Get the buzz going. Build the buzz this week because next week's show, the next two weeks after this are going to be must listens. I know it. The preview for the game and then the reaction to the game. You will tell your grandkids about. Um, and then submit any questions you want to answer. As you see, we went through a lot of questions. If you have any of those type, just let us know. Um, that's all I really have. 
I will cheers. Close out episode 42 to the scrappy Red Wings. Cheers to the Red Wings. Dylan Larkin deserved to knock that guy out. It was a dirty play. Oh, forewarning. I saw this tweet earlier today. The next time uh, Tampa Bay comes to Detroit, it's on the 25-year anniversary of the Turtle game. Darren McCarty beating the blood out of the Colorado Avalanche. Fight night. <laughs>